Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. I am Brianna. And you guys, we're back with a season four recap. Yes. I, I, I don't know how to open up. Um, you know, it's it's been a whole year uh, since season three aired. Um, so we got seasons three and four in the same year. Mm-hmm. One at the beginning, one at the end. But we're, we're finally here. Um, new... New characters, some returning um, fan favorites, um, some that we saw just a little bit from previous seasons. Um, I, I don't know, like what, 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 what else do you? How do? How else do you want to open up here? Um, scream, which I would okay. actually scream, but then I would start coughing, and that would be the next forty-five minutes of the episode. And nobody wants to listen to that. So no, no. Um, but, you know, if you guys are finding us because you're a fan of Cobra Kai and was just looking for something, uh, we've been covering the show all three seasons for now. But um, we're going to start off with the episode recap. We have many of interviews uh, for you to consume if, if that's something you like. You know, a lot of behind the scenes stories uh, from from the cast, both Karate Kid movies and the Cobra Kai show. Uh, we've had a lot of people that work behind the scenes as well. Uh, including the creators and the writers of the show. Pretty sure we haven't, haven't. I mean, aside from like the big three who have directed uh, a lot of these episodes as well, I don't know we've actually had like a director-director on here. Um, I don't think that we have necessarily. Yeah. I would die to get Jen Salata on here. I mean, I don't know why I haven't since like season one, uh, right? Escaletto was her first episode. Right. It's not <laughs> so, like she's new to the the you know experience. She's been around for a all. while. Quite a veteran, uh, and has directed on many hit shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so uh, again, if you're just finding us, we're going to do the season four recaps, and then shortly after, we will be doing our episode reviews. We cannot promise that we'll do them weekly like a lot of other podcasts do because we also try to get interviews when we can get them. Um, I'm going to try something different. I have reached out to a few of the writers already and some have agreed to come on. I'm going to try to get those scheduled around around the same time we release like the episode reviews as well. So we have like a companion piece to our episode reviews by speaking with the writers as well. Right. And if you are finding us on YouTube with this, um, stick around because one thing that is going to happen weekly throughout it, well, weekly barring any earth shattering pandemic, the the world exploding, you know, kind of thing. Um, every Saturday night from nine to ten thirty p.m. Central, um, we will be doing. Or mo- I think this one's going to be mostly on me because I don't know if you'll be available. Um, but if you are available, you will definitely be on. Um, is Cobra Kai Companion After Dark? We're going to live stream every Saturday night from nine to ten thirty Central. 
And then we've got um, some little short episodes that should be dropping to the rate of one to two a week um, all throughout 2022 as well. Yeah. So that, I mean, we definitely have a lot of ideas and um, the the challenge for us is because like, the, the you know, we have our day jobs and in our families as well. So we get to these when we can. Uh, I, I feel like we're you know, we, we've obviously seen season four and uh, we're really excited to talk about every single episode and not to say like any of the previous seasons were any different, but um, I think the idea is to try to get these done more in a timely manner yes. to get to some of those like other ideas that we've had uh, as well. So yeah, please do uh, subscribe to the channel if you are tuning in via the YouTube uh, and YouTube subscribe to us. Yeah. And in your podcast app, obviously, um, you know, I think this is going to be, um, you know, we're, we're almost um, to 200 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, Very close. you know, if, if, if you're a podcast listener, we have plenty of stuff for you guys uh, in the in the back um, catalog. So check it out. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're not going to get, you know, too detailed. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, obviously some specifics. So obviously this is going to be spoiler filled. Yes. So for those that have not yet finished your binge, uh, you know, if, if you go were going to binge. Yeah. <laughs> or pause, rather pause the, the episode and come back <laughs> after you're done. But we are going to be talking about um, just about all the big plot points. Um, again, details about the characters. We're not going to get into any talk about season five, obviously, because this is just strictly a season four recap. Uh, I think that's all I need to say about that before we jump into it now. Yeah, season five does exist. Don't be dicks. Don't spoil it like you did the hell out of season four. You dicks. And oh, and oh my God, images are already coming out for season five because they just wrapped. Like, you guys, calm the hell down, man. Like, we haven't even got season four yet. Right? Well, at the time of this recording, anyway. Uh, anyway, so let's start off with you, Brianna. Um, let me go ahead and give me your initial thought of season four overall. Insert Bree screaming here. <laughs> That's it. That's, I mean, uh, it's been, what, a week and a half or so since um, I saw it. And it's actually a very good thing that it's been a week and a half because if we had done it when I wanted to do it, which was at six o'clock that morning, um, I would have screamed myself hoarse. I was. So excited, and I was I was trying so hard to talk to you about certain things, but you were <laughs> rocking a baby, and that makes it very difficult to <laughs> to uh, scream at Peter. Yeah, um, I, I I'm sure that there was some stuff that kind of um felt off or felt weird or whatever but damned if i can remember it and overall i was i was very very satisfied do you want to talk about emotional manipulation holy shit um it's like okay i hate this character oh i love this character no i can't stand them and it's all the same character in the same episode (laughs) (laughs) yes and and you could you could literally be talking about just about everybody exactly Everybody. Exactly. Um, um, I, I, I mean, the, the two things that I never, ever, ever thought could happen. And I kind of want to hold one of them back until we get to that particular character. Um, okay. But 
I actually, they, they got me to utter the words multiple times. Oh, fuck you, Robbie. No, and I love Robbie. Yeah. That happened to me during the trailer. The yes. first, the, the, that, yeah, that reveal. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's teaching Cobra Kai Miyagi-Do techniques? Right. And when I found out, you know, at first I was like, oh, well, Kreese got into his head and Kreese told you. No, this was all Robbie's idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And it's, it's, you know, you know he's going to run into the issues because he's teaching them the moves without the philosophy behind them. So they're not going to be able to tap into the things that he can tap into with them. Um, kind of like Johnny. It, it, Robbie in this season with Kenny is so Johnny with Miguel from season one. So we just keep seeing over and over and over again. Right. It, it, it's like... Obi-Wan Kenobi with the with the dark side in The Phantom Menace, right? 99% of the time, people who touch the dark side, who tap into Cobra Kai, who try to use it for good, it always ends up distorting and warping and becoming bad. Because Robbie really, really, really wants to um, teach Kenny to defend himself, but... Cobra Kai turns Kenny into a dick. Right. And I mean, it does that to Robbie too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Um, what about um, like um, anything about the writing? Oh, um, the writing is like phenomenal. Of choreography, course. because, you know, we have new fight choreographer. Um, the, the, oh, which... Oh man, Don Don okay. Lee. There's there is. There, okay, I'm trying to like shut my brain off for just a second. Calm down, breathe, breathe. The fight between Johnny and Daniel. I have uh-huh. been saying since season one, if they ever really do fight each other, neither one can win. They either beat each other to a bloody pulp and don't stop, or they knock each other unconscious. Um, didn't expect to see it. Thought that the way that that fight ended was cheesy as hell, but also funny, worked because neither yes, of them yeah. won. Right. Um, I just think that the, the 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 way that the shot was framed of them kicking each other in the head at the same time is just like, oh my god, that looks ridiculous. But yeah. at the same time, appropriate fits with them. This is something they would do. You know why? Because they're both ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We we continue to find that out. Um, they are children. having to learn. They're massive children. Yeah, they have to continue to learn from the children. I'm sorry, the kids, the young adults. They're learning lessons from them, right? You know. Um, also, uh, I, I I realized this on the on the drive home from work as I was I was thinking about it. We are, or I am, no longer allowed the luxury of not speculating on the sex lives of children. Okay. Because um, Tori straight up climbs into Robbie's lap in the front seat of a car. Yeah, yeah she does. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> you we're no longer we're, we're no longer speculating. Whether these children happened. are losing their virginity to each other, left, right, and center. Yes, right. they are. Mm-hmm. And here it is. And thank God all of these actors are now, you know, adults. Right. 
This is true. Yeah. Um, also, Griffin. I love Anthony. Oh my god. I really Griffin love Anthony it. Griffin's this amazing. Season. Yeah, so good. I mean, I mean who would have thunk, right? The same kid from season one and two well, and three. <laughs> I I I knew. You know, even back then, everybody's like, oh, I hate that kid. And I'm like, that is a very normal 10-year-old boy. I mean. It, I have a 9-year-old boy just like that right now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, with his chubby little cheeks and all this. And I'm just like, hang on a second. Because that kid is getting ready to hit his teenage growth spurt. And I guarantee you, he's not going to look like that. You know. Right. He's not going to be the little chubby cheek kid that he was. But, oh, my God, I love Anthony. And. I, oh, when he's walking around in the dojo, oh yeah, he's not necessarily sad, but oh my God, when I was bawling and I, I remember whispering to you, I'm like, Peter, he doesn't remember Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. He's the only yep. LaRusso that does not remember him. How heartbreaking is that, you it know, to, to have... To have him finally admit that. Like, you know, I don't know his cool moves or, you know, the, the stories. Um, barely knew the guy. And then, like, for Daniel to be like, oh, yeah, you know, the first thing you did when he held you, you know, you kicked him and, you know, he laughed and said that uh, one day you would protect the family. Yep. And one thing that this show does very well is foreshadowing. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, so it may I not think, happen in season five. Oh maybe God, maybe season six. Season we don't six. know. I, but I, holy shit, when Hayden said on Twitter one day, some time ago, that they had plans for Anthony. Yes, I, I didn't believe him. I mean, I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure you guys do, but like, what could it be? Holy shit. Oh, I. If this was like, this can't be all of it, right? No, no, this is not all of it yeah. because for the vast majority of the season, um. Kenny is Daniel and Anthony is Bobby. Right. Because you can tell that he's got a strong enough moral center that he got from his parents that he doesn't want to be who he is. It's kind of a repeat of Sam's season one arc with Yasmin, but it's also different because Sam didn't get dragged into the things that Yasmin was doing to Aisha. She always stood back looking forlorn and apologetic. She didn't stop Yaz, but she also didn't actively participate. Anthony is so dragged into um, the, the peer pressure of these three little dicks that he's hanging out with. Uh -huh. Um, and any kid with frizzy blonde hair, and I say this from experience, my, uh, number two son, his best friend in junior high, frizzy headed blonde kid, bad relationship going into high school, got him into so much trouble, dragged him into everything. Frizzy headed blonde kids are not good friends. It's, especially if your name is Zach and the name was probably lifted from Zach Morris. Right. <laughs> Uh, as as per his username on I, I don't know if it was TikTok I think it was TikTok but uh, Zach Attack right I mean, that's that's Saved by the Bell yes you know yes so, absolutely yeah and and the the really upsetting thing I mean first of all you know you get to the scene in the locker room in in you know episode ten which we're we're nowhere near there yet but Anthony 
trying to apologize to Kenny. And I feel for Anthony in that moment because that took a hell of a lot of guts to stand up and walk into that locker room right after Kenny lost. It, right. Especially by himself. Yes. Not you taking know, like, either, um, not taking, well, Sam obviously can't get distracted, but not taking Daniel or Amanda with him. That is a brave kid with a good heart. And he's like, look, I have fucked up and I'm going to go own up to this. Um, oh, and in case you um, didn't get the memo, new listeners, we are explicit because I like to cuss. Um, <laughs> for for any 14-year-old kid to walk into that situation alone. And I felt so awful for Kenny, right? Because he's like, so do it. Imagine what it felt like. Because if you can't, it's because it's never happened to you. Right. And my heart absolutely breaks for both of them. But then, you know, Kenny beats the living snot out of him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I also feel for Robbie stepping into the middle of that. And he's got these like two adopted little brothers. And suddenly he is in the situation of having the two like where he's Johnny and this is him and Miguel. Right. And it's. Oh God! The, just the the layers and the depth and the way every everyone keeps circling and falling into the same pits and and highs and lows, just in different ways and at different times. But it's the same story over and over, just waves and waves and waves. And it's just that was my brain exploding. In case you were wondering, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like. Mm. Did your mic go out? No, no, no. Um, mic is fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so my thoughts, like if if any of you guys follow me on social media, I, I shared like a five tweet thread of just non-spoiler thoughts. And basically I was saying like, you know, forget flipping the script. Um, you know, they take everything that we knew and they twisted it. Yes. You know, and that and, and that was also kind of a um a little bit of a, a vague a shout out to like the twist we get at the end too. Like we haven't had twists yet, you right? Know, a, a, a reveal like that, and um, I also had mentioned that I, you know, I love looking at the credits to see who is involved, who who's had their hand in certain episodes, and I I always like it when I see a new named director. Um, like I, even before I saw season four. Knowing that Tanner had just worked on uh, He's All That and Peyton having done that, um, oh, that, that the, uh, the the female serial killer, uh, Eileen Wuornos. Eileen Wuornos? Yeah. She's she's playing her in an upcoming uh, movie as well. Um, wait, wait, wait. I, the, the, the same one from Monster? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, wow. So, but... Uh, Khalil Everidge, uh, who was in a Netflix movie called Beat. When I see them in other projects, like I'm always like, you know, that, that that's only gonna challenge them as actors and make them become even like better actors, right? And this is evident. Like Tanner blew me away. Like I was finding myself like, oh my god, am I am I low key Team Robbie here? <laughs> like, right? Oh my you know, god. Like, I, I I also mentioned in that thread like. When that first trailer came out, not not the first like uh, you know Terry Silver standing there with his back towards us. I'm talking about the the first real trailer. Right. I was like, man, 
if anybody forgot that this show is called Cobra Kai, they will remind you that this is a show called Cobra Kai because it's Cobra Kai heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not too much Eagle Fang, not too much Miyagi Do. And, you know, we obviously we had Terry Silver come back, but I, I felt, yeah, season four, I, I had reached out to John and, and Josh and I was like, yeah, this this seems like a nearly six hour movie sequel to the show. Um, this almost feels like the most like the most real karate kid sequel, you oh, know, God, it's out so there. Good. Yeah. Um in in I, I and I don't think it's Netflix money because they came on to our show June twenty second, twenty twenty. Uh-huh. Or was it, right, twenty twenty? Or was it twenty twenty one? Twenty nineteen. When they came on the show? Oh no, that was twenty twenty. We're Okay, with the 2020 when Ralph and Billy also came on. Yeah. And and um I don't know if it was that interview, but at some point we did kind of question like, oh, is there is the budget budget going to be bigger now that now that's going to be on Netflix? And I I I feel, you know, they were saying that is they're basically going to be working with s- similar money. Right. You know, but but it just everything looked fantastic. You mentioned when we were binging it together that um the the digital score uh leaderboard you yes, know, that looked amazing, it, and it was it was kind of subtle too. Like you have to really look at it, and be like oh my god, that's actually digital. Yes, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, yeah, it's so clean looking. Uh, Frank Homer, amazing as always. You know the the the, the little lotus um, uh, on their belts, mm-hmm. you know, or, or or something, you know, that that's on their geese uh, uh, during the tournament. Yeah, I think it's um, on the hem of their. I think it's on the hem of the the top l- lapel or yeah, the, yeah as they, or so as they as they fold it, it over yeah. and put okay. the belt on. Yeah. Yeah, um, but they, you know, they, they uh, the, the creators and, and the, the, the entire team, they continue to be ambitious and they continue to pull it off. And like, oh my God, this is like hands down my favorite season. Oh, yeah. Um, without a question. Um, yeah, this, you know, this has, just, I, I was talking to my husband about it because he's a huge fan of season one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was too. I mean, Likes I still am. Season two and season three, but he's like, but you know what? He said, he, he said, season one is still like perfect television. Yeah, season and four like, is like perfect for me. Yeah, I, I, I told him I was like, just wait, just wait, babe. <laughs> yeah, hold my beer. Right, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right, um, um, but, and I do have to. Uh, there is a, um, there is a review out there, written by someone. Who kept calling Tory, Tory Payton, <laughs> and okay. talking about the Lou Russos, who yeah, described this season as the sophomore slump. First of all, no, that's season two. It's not even possible for season four to be the sophomore slump because this is their senior season. Right by definition, that is not a sophomore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, did you even watch season four, bro? You know. Oh my uh, god! And he's like, you, you, you look at them on Rotten Tomatoes. They are at the moment at one hundred percent critic, still. So, like yep. all of the early reviews, hundred percent, and you know the audience is going to come with the hundred percent because we always oh, do, yeah. without a doubt. So this stands. The, the very, very real chance of being, just as season one was, one of those unicorn seasons that gets the mysterious 100% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's right. Yeah, I would agree and for if sure. that 
guy puts his review up on Rotten Tomatoes and with his misnamed characters and misspelled words, if he screws up their tomato meter, I'm going to be seriously pissed. I won't do anything about it. I'll just <laughs> bitch about it on Twitter. Yeah. And, and you know what? I will retweet that. I will. <laughs> I will. Oh, I will subtweet that guy. I will absolutely yeah. do it. Don't push me. We will, we'll show him. Right. Um, and there was a tweet. And, you know, forgive me if you listen to the show. And I would love to give credit. But uh, at, at one point, John tweeted something. And somebody said, hey, you know, um, in one word, can you describe season four? And I was like, oh my God, I want to answer this so bad. <laughs> and so I just like, almost every day I would pull up that tweet and just kind of look at it like, oh my God, okay, I'll, I'll just wait, I'll just wait. And, and instead of actually answering that tweet after the embargo lifted, I just I, I, I just did that thread, you know, the non-spoiler review. Right. And I, and I included um, uh, uh, the, the response uh, of, you know, the one word I would say of season four is growth. Like everything had just been turned up a notch, oh. and and like I I think I told um, uh, uh, Zach Robinson that that like oh yeah you know something turned up to eleven, and I feel like sometimes that people misconstrue that as like uh, not not necessarily overboard, but just like oh it's just way up there, but like no it's like it, it's definitely kicked up a notch, you know, bam to take Emerald's uh, expression there, but yeah bam. the. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I mentioned that the writing is just so intricate because you got all these great callbacks from season one, um, like, like, like uh, Eli's yes and say and, and bows to him, you know, oh, and, and, and that, yes. that was in that in that first episode, you know, and then um, and, and later on when uh, he is Eli at the tournament, when him and Miguel go up against each other, you know, that line from season two, oh, uh, a, a worthy opponent or something like that, like like back in Coyote Creek. So, oh man, I just, yeah, can, oh, there's so, so much, there's so, I, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, yeah, obviously we're spoiler heavy and we're doing this, you know, the kind of free, free form thought process. You have notes, I don't, I've only seen the season once at this point and I've seen um, episode one twice. Yes. Um, so. And I, I won't brag about how many times I've seen it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> If, 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 if I did not like you, I would mug you for your Netflix yeah. login for the last two weeks. I really would. Yeah. But well, we, can we talk we about Jacob and like how phenomenally talented that child is? Is that where you want to start though? Oh God, I don't know. I, let's, you let's you start, you start, you start. Okay. Okay. How about this? Let's go with, um. Uh, let's let's just get some of the cameos out of the way. Okay. Okay. Uh, returning character. Uh, let's 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 start with. Um, let's save him. Uh, for a little bit later here. How about um, let's go with Carrie Underwood, the special guest. Okay, she's not a recurring character. She is not. Uh, but but she you know cameo nonetheless I, right. I I I I love that they have this ability to find cameo <laughs> roles for everyone who's you know big and known and and all of this stuff and I can remember them because she spelled it wrong. She, I mean, clearly, she's a fan of Cobra Kai Companion, so right. she spelled Cobra with a K. she spelled Cobra with a K. Um, and on the whole fandom just like whoom on her head, and. 
as she apologized. And then she got a part on the show. Yeah. So yeah. what do I, do I need, do I just need to pretend I'm famous? I mean, I'm not Carrie Underwood, obviously, but anyway. You need to be friends with Matt Lewis. I am friends with Ron. Matt Lewis. Ron, Ron's the one who got that, that, uh, that appearance. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I love it. Now I'm expecting uh, yeah. like Andrew Garfield to show up in season six. Right. Oh, I like Josh that. Or Josh Gad to show up somewhere in season five. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, and when she starts, as soon as the music starts, I was like, oh, God, they did not. And then she busts out moment of truth. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So obviously we're doing the recap, but shortly, probably the day after you, depending when you hear this, but the next episode or the, the episode after that is going to be an episode I did with Kristen Baldwin, where we talk about top five things we did not expect. And... um at some point, I had mentioned "Moment of Truth." Like, I like that song just fine, mm-hmm. but it's it's not like one of my favorites. Oh God, I but, love it! But her version of it, it's it's is how I felt about the Kari Kimmel's "Cruel Summer." Like, oh man, this is this is great, and it does the the original justice for sure. She absolutely does Survivor justice with it. Um, my only like, I, I I know that you know we exist in this hyper real universe. Well, we don't. They do. Right. Wow. Okay. The show is not real, Brie. Take a step back. Um, is, wait, 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 wait. What, what now? Right? You mean there's not karate gangs running around LA? Uh, there, actually, there might be. Anyway, um, the fourth wall, I mean, I know I talk about it all the time. And I was like, yeah, now the, they've got Sam reading The Outsiders. That's it. There is nothing left of the fourth wall. Yeah, bullshit. Because having Carrie Underwood sing the theme song of the first movie in the penultimate episode of season four, you want to talk about smashing down the fourth wall. I thought that Daniel's love of Peter Satira, which didn't I say something about that in the season three? Anyway, um, I thought Daniel's love of Peter Satira was you know a fourth wall breaker her standing there singing the theme song for a movie that doesn't exist in their reality because it's not a movie it's their actual world that means that their world and the the um johnny and daniel's senior year had a theme song and that was it yeah but i love it It, it, it's somehow when you're when when you're in that when you're in that zone, when you're watching the episode, it's just this really super awesome, cool thing. And you don't realize that the Karate Kid universe literally just imploded on itself for like the 17th time. <laughs> and we love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so that was really cool to see her. I was, yes. I was um, you know, I, I was surprised when I accidentally read the spoiler list in, in my email. Oh, God, yes. I was, so, I was so happy I did not get the embargo list. Yeah, so funny story, guys. It's h- hilarious. So I got when I got approved for the screeners, I, I had this email, and it says, oh, when the thing is lifted, uh, just be sure that you do not include these spoilers. And the word spoilers was, you know, bold and red, and I read it. <laughs> um, I don't know why you I was did like, that. I, it, it was included in this email. I, I, I wish they said, please do not go past here if you have not watched it yet. Right. 
so I, I read it and I saw a lot of the bullet points. Don't um, read past this bright red spoiler warning until you're done. Yeah, that would have helped me. This was my first time. Rookie mistake. Right. So White belt. So I already saw that. I, I and, and I knew what happens in the last 20 seconds of the season as well. So. Oh, God, So, yes. uh. So I knew some of these things were coming, but I still, still very much enjoyed the, um, you know, the the episode. Uh, so Carrie Underwood's out of the way. Let's let's talk about Aisha. Oh my God! Did not see that one coming. No. Of course, no. I saw the spoiler and, list. <laughs> oh my God! Nicole looks amazing. She looks great. She That's looks fantastic. so healthy, like just glowing, and and I Aisha. As soon as she opened that door, I was like, oh, there's my girl. Did you have an inkling it was her at all? I had no idea where Sam was going. No, I, I had like, no what, clue until I Julie, Julie opened Pierce's that door. I was like, did, did she move to L.A. or yeah. somewhere in California? But um, it, you know, no, knowing, knowing it kind of being in the fandom, you know, when – when Nicole didn't return for season three, mm-hmm. we just we, we just didn't. I guess most of us didn't think that she would ever make a return. So, um, so I it was really, actually really nice to see her again. did, okay, or at least I hoped, because the way they worded it was that there was no room for her in the story for season three, right. and it actually made sense. At least one of those characters, you know, especially when you're talking about. Um, as far as the amount of wealth goes and the ability to just pick up the entire family and move, um, as far as what we knew of the financial situation of certain characters in season one, the only characters that could conceivably do that would be Yaz, uh, the Robinsons, or the LaRussos. Well, Yaz was in um, France, Right. And then came back for the, the, the small part that she had with Dimitri in season three. And the LaRusso is obviously not going anywhere because that would mean that the that, you know, three of the six main characters of the show have just moved out of the zip code. No, bad idea. So it had to be Aisha. Some right. something had to happen. One of those kids had to move as a consequence of that fight. It would have made no sense if there were no punishments or no parents wanting to remove their children from the situation entirely. And especially after seeing 2D talk about her and gush and all this stuff. Yeah, it makes sense that the Robinsons would be the ones to go. Right. Her mom, 2D from Facts of Life. Yes, yes. Her mom, 2D. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, didn't know she married a football player. Right. Uh, Okay, so I... What I loved about about her character being being brought back is 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 how they used her. You know, Sam was able to find out from Aisha that Aisha was still able to use Johnny's teachings. You know, Johnny's Cobra Kai mm-hmm. and still make a, a new friend. Right. That that was probably probably another Yasmin for her. You know, and, and that it that had the potential to be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, Sam takes that and, and continues to train with Johnny, too. So um, so I, I, I love that. I, I Yeah, once again, and this was this was kind of Aisha's role in Sam's life, especially through season. It, it was that 
Cobra Kai isn't bad. It's like Aisha, except for getting so pissed at Xander that she refused to shake his hand or bow. That was, yeah, that was totally bad form. But for the most part, she used what she got from Johnny to improve herself. Right. And she's like the only character that we've seen able to do that without ever going full dark side. Even Miguel went off the deep end for a little bit with it. Right. Um, now, he was able to pull himself back, but Aisha didn't even go that far. So it's like the original. And also, how much do I love? How much do I love when she's talking about her new bestie? She's like, but you're the OG. Uh, I, I just I love like the, the, the OG Cobras and now Sam is her OG bestie. And right. I, I, I just I again, circles and circles and circles. Right. Yeah. So the other uh, return was Stingray. Ah, fuck you, Raymond. Uh, okay. Except okay. for those, except for those two episodes at the end, where I felt really, really bad for you, Raymond and Paul Walter Hauser. Stop crying on my screen because you make me blubber like a baby. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I hate yeah. Raymond, but Paul Walter Hauser, his performance, when, oh, my God, when Kreese, you know, you're pathetic and you're a loser and you were never and all of that stuff. The look on Paul Walter Hauser's face, he's just devastated, but he's still smiling. Yeah. Through it. He's still trying nickname? to. Oh, it's a test. It's a test, Sensei. Well, I mean, he didn't oh. give him his nickname, but he's the first person to use it. Right. Right? Johnny didn't even call him that. No. No. And, and, and you know, the, the last thing that, that, um, that, that, the last thing Raymond remembered of Crease was him smiling and saying, good job, Stingray, you know? And now that's gone because the mask is completely off and, and Crease is here just to dominate for some reason children's karate in the valley. Um, but Raymond just wants to be a Cobra so bad. And I'm like, dude, why don't you go Eagle Fang? Because that's so much more your personality. And he didn't even ask. He didn't ask, where's Johnny? He didn't ask, where's Miguel? Right? The only people in Cobra Kai that he was friends with was Dieter. He's the right. only one left. <laughs> oh, man. So why yeah. do you want to be there so bad? But he just, he was just so, oh, Paul Walter Hauser is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's such a, I, I did not see that coming. But once he stepped into the uh, the dojo, I had, you know, the, the kind of uh, flashback to season two where Dimitri walks into the dojo and all, all their standings crease. Yeah. You know, Lee's with a broken nose and, well, Stingray did too and then some. Uh, yeah, Steve Stingray left unconscious. Where did Terry dump him, by the way? Um, pro- probably took him to the hospital. <laughs> it just, you know, because we may or may not see that in, in season five, but I mean. That was know, the it, only thing that I was I was super curious about 
Because he's a John Doe until he wakes up. Yeah. Which means they just found him somewhere. Right. So did Terry just, you know, take him out and dump him somewhere nowhere near the dojo? That's that's my guess, you know, now that you bring that up. And call 911 and say, hey, there's a body or something? Close close enough to the hospital. Somewhere public where somebody would have found him, right? That that would have... Uh, called an ambulance or, or, you know, for some assistance. So, yeah, right. I didn't think about that. And, I mean, the, the okay, first of all, we just skipped over a major, major thing. The reason Stingray is a John Doe is because Terry promises him that he will make him a Cobra again if he lets Terry beat him to a bloody pulp, damn near fracture his skull, leave him him unconscious. Yeah. And then lie when he wakes up in the hospital. Right. I mean, because obviously we, we don't see that. So at what point would he have told? I mean, did we hear these? Voiceover? I, I kind of forget now. Yeah, as uh, as Raymond is waking up, where uh, we hear like in his mind, um, the the drunken Terry. You want to be a cobra? I'll make yep. you a cobra. Uh, and and that's in his head playing over and over again when he wakes up. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. When is that? Was that shortly after he kicks him in the head? Because that that was the last cut that we saw. Right. My guess is that that first that first kick in the head kind of knocked him loopy, but he was still like conscious enough that when Terry's like, I'll make you a cobra. At some point, the deal had to be struck between Raymond and Terry that if he woke up and did this thing and told this lie, Terry would let him back in Cobra Kai. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite episodes, uh, 408. Uh, that's also the same episode with um, uh, uh, Mad Daddy Daniel, you know, with uh, with Anthony and yes. breaking his, his uh, tablet. That's, that's kind of like me <laughs> as a dad. Um, you know, like I have shared the story on this very podcast that I'm kind of known as like the, the quote unquote, the asshole dad. So like the kids, they're all scared of me right? Uh, because I don't let any of them walk over me because there's no discipline in any of the other kids. So I was raised a little bit old school, but you know, uh, by, you know, by my parents. And when I say old school, I, I mean more so from like, you know, the old country uh, where it was, where, it, it, you know, um, using a discipline device, you know, was, was normal. Right. Uh, things like that. But, I, when I saw that, I was I was like, oh, my God, I feel seen. I had never felt so seen as a dad before. Right. Uh, so it was crazy uh, seeing Daniel that way. Um, and, and for him to shout, quiet, you know, at, at Anthony in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah, it was, uh, it, w- it was really, really good. As soon as he did that, I was like, oh, my God, they are going to turn <laughs> into each other as parents. They they really did. Uh, but so, that's what Anthony needed, and that's what yeah. Daniel had never – Daniel, I think, was so broken after Mr. Miyagi died. He, through no fault of his own, I mean, I don't doubt for a second that Daniel loves his son, adores him. Right. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. But 
he was desperate for people who kept Mr. Miyagi alive in him. And the only child who did that was Sam. Right. So, yes, it's 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 devastating and it's heartbreaking to think for Anthony that he didn't remember his grandfather, for lack of a better word, but also really kind of devastating to hear, you know, just to to see Daniel kind of realize that he doesn't connect with his son as deeply as he does his daughter because that son does not remember Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. It's like, okay, so while we're on the subject of people psychoanalyzing the LaRussos. Julia Macchio, who plays cousin Vanessa, my cousin Vanessa. Uh, That, when I first saw Vanessa and Louie talking and, you know, Amanda and Daniel were standing from afar, I was like, wait, wait, is is that Julia? You know, like I knew Mm -hmm. she acted, but I've never, you know, I've never seen so, yeah, you know, anything she's done. Um, well, she's a stage actress. Right, right. I know, I know she's done Broadway and stuff. Uh, yeah. Drew Gasparini, uh, you know, name dropped her in, in my interview with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who is the the composer and lyricist for the upcoming The Karate Kid musical. So look into that if you guys are interested. I think I think the first I think the first showing is going to be like May of 2022 in St. Louis or something in like that. In St. Louis, yeah, 60 so. miles from my house, 20 okay. oh, miles from my office. That's 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 close. <laughs> I'm going. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed her. She's very spunky. Oh my god. Um, I, I I need her uh, more than I need Louis uh, on the show. <laughs> right? Can yeah. we ditch Louis and keep Vanessa? Um, yeah. The things that I first of all the the beehive hairdo is just like is she looks like Amy Winehouse, right? Okay. Um, with the with the hair because it's so long and she's got it up in the front, and just the accent that she is is she because she oh my god, you want to talk about a a thick thick Italian Jersey accent. She is like Snooky. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. And channeling Marissa Tomei from My Cousin Vinny. Right. Where you think she's just the dits and she's just there for eye candy. And then she spouts off. Boom. And it's just like getting Mona Lisa talking about cars. Well, and, and also, you know, you had just mentioned previously uh, about breaking the fourth ball there. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you have his daughter uh, yeah, playing his niece, right. but at the same time, his daughter has also played his daughter. Ju- okay. Well, not not played his his daughter, but Julia is one of several incarnations of Sam as a child. Right. So well, we've already else? seen her yeah. on the show, but she was Sam then. Right. They, and, what are the old pictures with uh, her on Daniel's shoulders mm-hmm. or uh, Ralph's shoulders? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it is Daniel now. Well, y- yes. That is Daniel and Sam can't. now. Right. Right. It, right. It, it it it's just it's so difficult to comprehend and to grasp how many times they have. And now I understand why Hurwitz told me after season two, he was like, don't look too deep or the whole thing's going to fall apart. 
Because it does. Because there's no way to reconcile this universe being part of ours or existing in, you know, an alternate reality and the multiverse theory or whatever. Because there's so many things from our universe that should not exist in this show that do. Right. But this show cannot possibly take place in the same universe we live. No, it cannot. It, it they do karate. <laughs> you know, well, no, not, I mean, not, yeah. football. When's the last it's, time you saw amazing. a karate it's brawl She's anywhere? She's fantastic. And she, she's really good. She's really good. And she gets under Amanda's skin. Whoa. Yeah. Like Amanda is about to start swinging on her cousin, Vanessa. Because Vanessa told her the truth. And it was a truth yeah. that neither she nor Daniel wanted to hear. Yeah. But that makes it a truth that they need to hear. And I think that Daniel, especially his relationship with Anthony, um, moving forward. Now, you've got the the stereotypical, you know, the, the, the teenage kid calls the old man out kind of thing. Do I really think Anthony is ever going to challenge Daniel like that? Hell no, because he knows he's going to get his ass handed to him. Right. But I do think that, you know, you're going to have conflict arising between the teenage boy and his mother and then later between the father. But I think that they're going to have a deeper connection and understanding of Anthony. Oh, yeah. Moving forward because they understand what they have done. Like they can they they raised Sam, but they kind of convenienced Anthony. Right. And like, it, I, I guess we haven't really gotten to Anthony yet, but he's basically like the walking using our expectations against us. Like everything yes. he's about to do, you're like, oh, no, don't don't rip the scroll up, uh, you know, out of. Like, right. You know, um uh, out of anger or anything. No, no. He's just kind of like walking through. Like, I don't know what any of this stuff is. I have no memories of these scenes growing up. Um, right. Because uh, by the time he, by the time he can remember dad's dojo was where they stored all the baby toys and the pool noodles. Yeah. Um, also like when he's taking out the trash after like the broken tablet and all of that, I, I thought that, you know, he was up to something, but no, he, he you know, that, that that little blow up with Daniel, I guess, kind of set him straight a little bit. And, and that was it. You know, there's there's no what's if, if, ifs and buts about it. It's like that's that's just it, it was what it was. And right. Now, the dick teenage boy, I'm sure, is going to make several more appearances just because I don't think it's possible for him not to because he is a teenage boy. So he is therefore, by definition, a dick. Right, right. Uh, kid, kid dudes. Wait, what? What is it? Kid uh, dudes. He's a kid dude. Yeah, kid dude. Yeah. So, um, since we're talking about a Larusso, what about Lucille? Okay, she I came do have for to say uh, yeah. That Amanda and Lucille and their relationship. We are way back to season one. So everything about Lucille, like coming and hanging out at the house and being there in season two and and, you know, she's encouraging her son to quit being a dick. So his wife will forgive him for whatever he did and let him back in the bed. Um, They're they're back on like the season one vibe, but 
Amanda has chilled out. Whereas the, what do you want, Lucille? You want me to go in that? You tell me. I will go in that kitchen. I will make it right now. And instead it's, sure, Lucille, my home is yours. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. It's like she's she realizes that she's got this really precarious, like she loves her mother-in-law. I don't doubt that. And Lucille loves her. But they're still going to always be this little bit of at odds where they both have such strong personalities and they both believe that they know what is best for Daniel. And those two opinions are never going to be exactly the same. And of course, being his wife and his mother, they're not going to ask Daniel what they think is best for Daniel. They're just going to tell him. Yeah. Because that's what we do. Your words. <laughs> right? I mean, I am, yes. a, I am a wife. I am a mother. Um, yes. I have a mother-in-law. So, you know, I, I, I'm a little acquainted with this. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit. Uh, Louis has a nice exchange with uh, with Johnny there. You know, he's like, oh, well, you know, just so you know, I don't hang around with those bikers anymore. <laughs> or, uh, right. Or <laughs> what know, about like, Johnny seeing Anthony for the first time since uh, season one? Wait, are, are you the son? Right. Who are you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was really good. Um, that was. Oh, very welcomed for sure. Uh, let's see. Chosen. Chosen. Um, Never in a million years anticipated that scene of Daniel kneeling at Mr. Miyagi's grave that we see in the trailer would be the literal last shot of the season. Right. Amazing. Amazing. And I, of course, and I'm sure that, that well, you may not have because you had read the embargo character <laughs> list like a dummy <laughs> and knew we hadn't seen him yet. I honestly thought he was just talking to Mr. Miyagi. I thought we were going to get an, another one of those um, Daniel talks to dead people scenes. Right. Which we didn't get because then, you know, the camera spins and there's Chosen and he's like, yes, I will. Right. Like, I damn. Mean, we, we didn't get a, a broken TV either. No, I was thinking about that today. No broken TV, no sex. Well, no, I can't say no sex because again, <laughs> Tori's climbed into Robbie's lap. Um, well, also we have ED that prevented uh, more coitus. Right. <laughs> I, I, th- that's that's such a, a stereo. I, stop using that word. First of all, <laughs> second, um, it, I don't need no pills. And she's like, I work at the hospital. Right. I can get from the pharmacy. This has never happened to me before. Yeah, right, Johnny. You are a well, drunk. You have had whiskey dick at some point <laughs> in your life, probably more than once. I, I can't say coitus, but you can say whiskey dick. <laughs> well, if you can say coitus, I can say whiskey dick. How's that work? <laughs> That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Okay. All right. I mean, whiskey dick is actually kind of funny. I, I mean, I, I almost said I'd welcome that, but I'd rather not. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> if, if we were more like the Cobra guys where we named our episodes after like something we said, like this would be whiskey dick. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That would be valid. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Like, honestly, for me, I, I'm just like, there's a lot on on his mind. You know, that that's, uh, he he's, he can't focus right now. You know, he can't even enjoy himself. Uh, not even Carmen. 
Right. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's just so, I think it was, it's got to be the stress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge factor. Right. So, and he's just, he's got so much pressure on him. And um, at, at this point, you know, he and Daniel had broken up, which, yeah, they like, they got married, then they broke up, then they got married, then they got broke up, and then who gets custody of the kids, and then it's, you know, this big nasty thing, and yeah. Um, I do love that the in the, in the first episode when Daniel and Johnny, first of all, how much do I love Daniel showing up at Johnny's apartment with a six-pack of Coors and then sitting there and drinking it with him? Um, it's It's pretty basically... You know, the, okay, we're going to break up, but we have to tell the kids. That's like if mom and dad are getting divorced, you know, someone has to tell the kids. And it it's somehow not tropey and ridiculous as all hell. I mean, th- this season is La Russo season. Oh, my God. The, the the practicing calling each other, you know, like, oh, hey, Daniel, I'm sorry. or Right, and another like D a, word. And then Daniel yeah. shows up at Johnny's door with the exact same apology. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's very welcomed. Um, yeah, I don't know how it, they have the same brain. It, they share yeah. the same brain cell, obviously. Uh-huh. So Daniel had custody of the brain cell first because he had time to drive from Encino to Reseda before he delivered his apology. Yeah. Johnny got custody of the brain cell when Daniel was done with it, which was scarily enough was while Daniel was driving. Um, So you kind of need that brain cell, but it was Johnny's turn. So, yeah. And oh, my God, the food sharing. First of all, I like when when Johnny reached over and what did he what did he grab off Daniel's? What did he grab out of Daniel's bento box? Like was it a a dumpling? I, I think it was a dumpling. Yeah. And like then, a, yeah, pot sticker. I think is what it was. Oh, it was a pot sticker. Okay. Yeah. Um. And 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 I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. And then, like Daniel reaches over and takes half of of Johnny's ham sandwich. Yeah, it takes a bite and is like, hey, all right, not so bad. I'm like, come on, it's just like a basic sandwich, though. <laughs> like Daniel, I mean, I guess was the last day he had something like that. That's simple. Exactly. You know, this I was like, hey, man, this takes me back a little bit. This is a man who packed a full bento box of sushi to take to the dojo with him that day. Yeah, or Amanda, we don't know. <laughs> right, but it's been a long time since he's eaten ham juice. <laughs> Which is disgusting from the first episode. Which is disgusting. He's worn <laughs> ham juice, but he hasn't eaten ham juice. Johnny, yeah. like, I mean, straight up dumped that damn near on his shoe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was more like for dramatics, you know, in terms of the shot. But it's <laughs> it's so true, right? Like Aldi's, Aldi's um, lunch meat and stuff like that. The the really super inexpensive. Yeah, I it, mean it does. The, I mean everything has juice. The like turkey juice, bologna yeah, juice, yeah. everything. The 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 juice dripping that 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 was like Nestor's hand holding the pizza without a glove. You know that's it was just as disgusting. I feel. Well, I mean, I could be offended because you know they're implying that um, poor people eat gross food, but. At the same point, I also grew up eating ham that, you know, juiced. Like, ham juice is not something that is a stranger to my experience. I've never drunk ham juice. I drink pickle Ooh. juice. 
Yeah. I've drank olive juice before too. That one will make you pucker up. I, you know, I, I, I like olive juice. Um, the very, so the very first time I had a dirty martini, I didn't know what to expect. And oh, I was like, yeah. uh, I was like, um, Ooh, this is uh this is pretty strong. Like I, I taste more of the vodka than I do the uh, the olive juice. So and the bartender was like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, that's the <laughs> way it like, goes. Uh, yes, yeah, I was like, can I get it um, uh, dirtier? And he goes, uh, yeah, sure. So he added some more, and I was like, yes, um, it's still a little strong. He's like, you want olive juice with a shot of vodka? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> So, well, you know, sometimes you're, for me. like you're eating olives or you're eating pickles or whatever, and your body just all of a sudden starts craving salt. So you, you know, you swig the stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I asked for the dirtiest he was comfortable of giving me. So, ah. um, but but anyway, uh, Nestor, you know, the, I, I just referenced him. There you yes. go. A quick return of Vas Sanchez. I reached out. He's happy to come back at some point. So um, I haven't heard from him in a while. And, you know, for those that, uh, you know, I I feel like some casual podcast listeners, when they find a podcast, I, I would say, I don't want to make up a statistic, but I feel not everybody goes back to the beginning, right? It's like, well, you know, I've, I've already seen those episodes, so I don't really need to hear those reviews or whatever, right? Like, I, I think, you know, if you like us, then, then you probably will. But um, Vas Sanchez has a couple, you know, episodes on on this show. And mm-hmm. the second one, which he shared, was one night I was at a friend's house and I get a text message from Vas Sanchez who's, like, shooting a scene from season two, which is the first, uh, yeah, I think it was the first episode. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, like, I was just approached and they're like, Hey, I heard your interview. Didn't know you were a stand-up comedian. He's <sighs> like, Oh, what interview? He's like, Yo, yeah, yeah, Cobra Kai Companion. So he was, you know, he was like the first to to tell us that like word was getting around, you know, like people, you know, were listening to the show and listening to these interviews. And so that was like the first uh, you know, first time we've ever heard, you know, that uh, Cobra Kai Companion was kind of getting getting around. Right. And Voss was because of you, Voss was the first cast member that I met outside of convention appearances. That's right. Yeah. Um, because we went to his stand up show that Thursday night when we first got to town. Yeah, he hosted it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Him uh, and his lovely wife, Carlette. Yes, so, fantastic. Um, it was a fantastic yeah, show. I laughed lovely my couple, ass off. Yeah, great comedians that night. But um, yeah, you know, many, many interviews that you learn so many cool things about, you know, not, not only the actors, but uh, some of their previous work. And um, it, it's always fascinating to hear. It is. Um, and I did like Nestor in this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we only got the one appearance from him, but he is his usual lovely, beautiful, snarky self. And he's going to start charging admission if they're going to use it for a conference room. Yeah. Uh, in while we're at that, you know, the uh, the. Um, in front of the convenience store there, we see Lynn at one point. Yes. No dialogue. I was actually expecting because Lynn was in the scene with Tori confronting her aunt. Right. Um, and her aunt is um, basically Shannon on crack, probably literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was half expecting after that whole thing there was this huge part of me that wanted to see Lynn look up at Tori and go, it's okay, baby. You know, something just like that. Something yeah. like that. 
um, I think would have been fantastic. And we all love Lynn so much, you know, yeah, but she was, she didn't have any lines this season. Yeah. And just to, you know, hear her tell Tori that, you know, it's going to be okay. Yes. Is this is a, a woman who eats donuts out of the dumpster and, you know, <laughs> apparently never leaves the, the, uh, strip mall. But, um, I think that that would have been like a really, nice moment between Tori and Lynn and I, I missed it. And that was one of two um, interactions that I'm going to sit here and say, I felt like we were robbed of the other. And I actually had, had, I, I, I told Rose Bianco last night, um, I was like, okay, we were robbed. We were robbed of the scene of Rosa and Lucille token it up out by the pool. Oh, something. Yeah. Um, on that note, I loved um, Rose's uh, delivery of like gracias, you know, like with her hand up to Johnny, like that. That's enough. I don't. I don't want this food. Right. Uh, that you're, yeah, putting onto oh, my what, plate. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's going to remind us of uh, what country we're Ecuadorian, not Mexican. Right. <laughs> um, and she loves Johnny so much, and he's trying so hard. Right. He's falling all over himself, failing. But hey, who doesn't like fajitas? Right. And the mango salsa that he dumped on the plate, you know, um, I'm just like, wait, let him and, and Carmen get another six to 12 months into this relationship. Let Johnny learn enough conversational Spanish that he understands Rosa. Yeah, like Miguel does. And find out just First, how much she loves him, but how much she teases him mercilessly in a yeah. language that she doesn't think he speaks. Wait until he understands what she's saying to him. Yeah, but then also like he kind of takes the fun out of it that he doesn't know, you know? Right. But also, I think it'll be a fantastic moment between Rosa and Johnny the first time he realizes he does understand her and he right. answers her. Maybe we'll get that in future uh, se season. It. Yeah, love, love, love. Yes. And it, be before I forget this thought, you know, when I was talking about how I felt like season four was, you know, like a um, a movie sequel, you know, to to the uh, to the show, we got like all these like, hey, let's get the band back together, you know, like all the all these, um, you know, some of which we haven't seen since uh, se season two, and mm -hmm. and I had mentioned when, um, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I I did a. Uh, a recording of my live reaction of, of watching the trailer. And I was like, all of that in 10 episodes? Like, how do you do it? And like, you know, I look at the runtime uh, for, for each of those episodes. They're like, you know, roughly 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Very little flashback, which was very surprising because I thought we were going to get a lot more flashbacks of, of Silver. Yeah, um, only the one that I can remember. Yeah, just uh, the, the new one about, um, you know, them trying to start the dojos. And, and getting the, the, uh, the tattoos. And the tattoos, because we, we find out that Terry got his removed. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I thought it was going to be uh, a lot more of uh, Barrett and and uh, Nick, uh, who play the, the young versions of the Crease uh, and, and Silver. So th that was a little surprising. But yeah, the, the runtime looked, you know, kind of average. Uh, the finale was just like four minutes longer than the season three finale. Mm -hmm. So not, not by much. So, you know, they're still kind of sticking to that format and that structure. And, and I'm fine with it. But. I remember right about the time that um, that season or that episode six, um, I think it was the, it was the end of episode six, beginning of episode seven. I was just like, oh, my God, 
Like we have gone through so much in these last six episodes and we know we have so much further to go. How the hell are they going to get it all in the last four episodes? And they did. Yeah. And they did. And it's all in the writing. You know, I'm going to mention this now, but we're going to talk about uh, about it later. But throughout the entire season, they keep teasing Miguel's dad. Yes. You know, from um, the uh, eighth episode, which is my other favorite episode, five and eight, um, which actually needs to be my code uh, when we have beepers, 58. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, but... Um, there's the one point where, you know, um, I, I don't know if Sam already came down in her dress, you know, right before prom, but um, Rose makes the comment like, oh, you know, looks like his dad or reminds me of his dad or something like that. And, you know, Carmen's like, you know, mama. And, um, it, but also like the, the talk with Daniel and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, my dad passed away. And Johnny, oh, I didn't know my dad. And well, what would you do? If, you know, would you go look for him? And, you know, so all that talk, like they, they were – you know, kind of laying the groundwork uh, for, oh for how God. this season uh, would end up. Thomas, what's his last? I want to say Pap Rocky, but that's not right. Oh, um, uh, baby Parabek. Johnny. Parabek, yeah. Parabek. He's so cute, baby Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he pulls a box out from under his bed, this little five-year-old boy, and he's got a busted up beer can in there. It's just like, oh, my God. He's so cute. But Laura... Um, we see to maybe not have been the uh, perfect angel that Johnny remembers her to have been. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, she was she was far from a terrible, terrible mother. She just wanted him to, you know, you've got a new daddy now and the old one's an asshole and he ran out on us. And you can imagine Shannon kind of having that exact same conversation with Robbie about oh, Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very painful. It really is. I mean, you know, he wanted to avoid hurting Robbie the way his father hurt him. So he left earlier, but he left the same scars on Robbie that his dad left on him. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I mentioned in my thread, uh, and I didn't say this at the top of the show, but I, I mentioned that Cobra Kai is known for its comedy, but also for its drama. Mm-hmm. I teased that, you know, everyone's going to need a box of tissues with them. For this season, because like, oh my God, again, Tanner, Sholo, oh, God, all made yes. me cry. Um, just all, all these emotional beats uh, th- throughout the season. Um, it, Tanner it, it really in episode hard. 10 made me mm-hmm. ball, like, yeah, ball. Quite the contrast from uh, 310, also. Right. And how in the same location. How happy are the 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 Johnny stands who want him to have a relationship with his son. How yeah. happy are they right now? Mm-hmm. Because I am beside myself happy. I've been trying and trying and trying to figure out how could they work this to where Robbie ends up being able to take the best of both of his fathers mm-hmm. and put them together. Well, it's because Johnny and Daniel no longer hate each other. That had to happen. Before Robbie could have a relationship with either of them. Mm -hmm. So now that they no longer hate each other the way they did, no, they still bicker and they still argue and they still can't, you know, maybe keep the alliance going quite as as long as I would have liked to have seen it. Um, But now that that door is open and Robbie is back with Johnny. And oh my God, this 17 year old boy falling into his father's arms, just crying. I'm so sorry. I tried so hard, Dad. I couldn't do it. Just, oh, 
Oh my god! I did, that's, that's okay, Tanner. I did not need my heart today. <laughs> that's okay. Um, it's you just can one have day. it, right? You <laughs> yeah. can have it. It's it's um, you know, all million pieces. So Tanner made me ball. Billy made me ball as he yeah. always does. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel with the "I love you" line. Yes. Oh God. Yes. Oh, and it's like the I I want to be a dad to you. I want to be the father you've never had, and I I love you so much. And and then Miguel is like, "You're doing great," you know. And I love you too. And then he's like, "Oh, I love you, Robbie." And then yeah, the look on Shola's oh. face is just like, "Oh my God." And and you know, like tropes have a bad connotation, but. This season used some of those like TV and movie tropes, and they did it really well. Beautifully. You know, because you've seen that in like, you know, TV shows all the time, you know, where somebody is drunk or something and calls somebody the wrong name. And, and, you know, and and they, they took that and they twisted it. Right. And then the best part of that, Johnny does not remember that conversation at all. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny was so fucking blasted drunk. That first of all, yeah, he did not know what he was saying. Second of all, he probably doesn't even know who put his ass to bed. No, he, he probably thinks he took himself to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it, uh, it just like breaks me. And now you've got Miguel reaching out to Daniel for a father figure and not. I mean, yeah, Daniel, I do think by the end of the season, Daniel loves Miguel. Um, oh, yeah. Miguel's the first one to wear the headband yes. other than Daniel on the show. Yes. Yes. And that he shared that with him. That's a part of Mr. Miyagi that he didn't even give Robbie. Or Sam. Or Sam. Know. Um, so I, I think Daniel really does see himself just like he saw himself in Robbie. He sees himself in Miguel. Yeah. And he, he wants so much good for these kids he loves these kids so much and at some point you know johnny is still trying to be possessive of the eagle fang kids and you know daniel's like i just want what's best for miguel and all your students right so basically saying all your kids all our kids and johnny gets hung up on the oh now you know what's best for miguel okay so screw bert and dirk and and uh, uh, Mitch and Gus, by the way, Sean Thacker has a name now. Is it and Gus? It's Gus. What, um, what did you find that out? Because in the in the first episode, when Daniel is um, going out when they're beating the crap out of, of Hawk, um, and D- Johnny's doing the punch him in the ball or punch him in the neck. Why'd you punch him in the balls? Um What's wrong with you? And then as as Daniel is walking out, he's like, good job, Gus. And then the camera spins around and there's Sean Thacker standing there smiling. Hmm. So I'm like, OK, well, he must be Gus. Plus, he's the only kid in that scene who doesn't have a name yet. Interesting. OK. So, yeah, I think Sean Thacker is Gus. We'll we'll put a pin on that. Which we'll that, on that. that to me feels like. A kid from another movie, like a goofy Cinderella, seventies or eighties sports movie. There was a kid named Gus. Oh my mm. god, I can I can see him in my head. Ah, I'm not was sure, it but the, the, I, the I movie would that the my bodyguard kid was in. Did he play a kid named Gus? Oh, I don't not know. Not in I just my know, bodyguard. 
what Drill Bit Taylor was the remake, right? Drill Bit Taylor, yes. With Owen Wilson? Yes. Was he Gus in that one? No idea. The, again, the only Gus I could think of is the, the mouse from Cinderella. Uh, no. Gus no. Gus. Gus Gus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope, no Gus Gus. Yeah. Um, but back to see. Chosen real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, his appearance, I, I'm not going to say who, but someone who actually knew had told me like way back last January that Yuji um, was coming back. And I'm not going to say who said it because they obviously were not supposed to tell me, but I had forgotten I knew that. Oh, nice. So I'm like not watching season four or I'm, I'm not watching season four waiting for Chosen to show up. But then when he did, I was like, I knew that. I, I figured it would be at the end because it just it made no sense to be, you know, part of the tournament or anything like that. Well, but I want to know what's Chosen doing in the States. Did Daniel. That's what I want to know. Did, did, did Daniel call him? And if Daniel called him, then why didn't they have that conversation on the phone? Why did they wait until he got off the plane and then Daniel obviously picks him up at the airport and takes him to Mr. Mion at no point? Well, then, then it wouldn't be a really good reveal, would it? <laughs> no, it wouldn't because it would have been at the freaking you know LAX. But it, it's – did they say nothing to each other? From the entire drive from LAX to the cemetery. Well, I feel in season five, we're going to get something that we didn't see leading up to the final 20 seconds. That's possible, too, that maybe we'll like open season or open episode one with with Daniel picking Chosen up at the airport. Yeah, you know, so, something like that, just like um, like in 309, right? Da- right? Daniel walks into the country or Johnny walks into the country club sees Allie and Daniel hugging. Well, that's not where we uh, pick up in 310. No, we you know, go back a couple of minutes. We go back a little bit. You know, and then um, in and then the finale where Crease uh, calls, right? Right, well, and then we see, um, uh, and Terry. I will have to give, I do have to give credit to the Cobra Kai kid. Um, his little sketch about Terry Silver sings a song. Uh, he knew, or he called, you know, first rather that uh that the cold open for for episode one would be musical. It ended up being piano rather than singing. And um, Kreese did um, make the phone call to Terry at the beginning and Terry hung up on him. Right. Which I and, left my ass off. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Drew um, actually had, had guessed at both of those in his little sketch. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and... The biggest compliment I have ever been paid is that watch party said that one of Terry's lines sounded like I had written it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, when when Terry is talking about I terrorized a teenage boy for months over a high school karate tournament. Yeah, it sounds was- crazy just to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. I was hopped up on cocaine and right. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It was the eighties. I was hopped up on cocaine and adrenaline and revenge. And it's like, Oh my God. Okay. So, and then they show the mwahaha scene. <laughs> and I'm like, that's why sense. the man said mwahaha. He was on Coke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it makes so much sense. And Terrence, 
I understand now why they said that maybe Terry's appearance in season four wouldn't be as straightforward as we were expecting. Because, yeah, he's the bad guy. But not at first. At first, I actually cannot fault him what he wants to do. He wants to finish what they started in 1973, which is mm-hmm. the same thing like like we were supposed to do 35 years ago. You know, they were supposed to – they were always just shy of bringing Cobra Kai to the valley, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with Mike. And I have always kind of had this like thing in my head that I bet Terry blames Crease for what happened. Even though it was Terry's plan, I bet he's mad at Crease because they didn't win. And he was. And then you, va- uh, I'm going to assume that, you know, from season two, we had the the line where Crease talks about buddy of mine tried to offer me a job. And I think that was with Dynatox. I really do think Terry offered him a job. And then Crease just vanished on him. Right. And who would have thought you disappearing was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And he's so centered. And yeah, he's so stereotypically California at this point, even though Cheyenne is not. I mean, she's got an accent, but I don't know where she's supposed to be from. Um, She's got a, you know, one of the the. um generic British accents that could come from any one of a hundred British possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mindfulness app, and they don't teach that anywhere, but in California, and he's just so happy where he is. And then Cobra Kai literally sucks him back in. So is Terry really the psycho or is Cobra Kai, I mean, we we know the answer to this. Cobra Kai is broken mm-hmm. and it destroys people. And Crease is too far into it to ever step back. Terry got out and it pulled him back in. Just when I thought I was out, you pull me back in. Um, so I just... The difference between Terrence and Terry is so much more than a ponytail. But the first time he reaches for that scrunchie and puts his hair up, it's like, okay, that's the Terry we know. Yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. Okay, I, I want to I keep talking about Terry because I want to talk about the first half of the scene with Stingray. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm saying since we're already talking about it, we might as well continue bringing up everything. I was about to say, yeah, the, the whole reveal. The, oh, the, yeah. the, the the betrayal against Chris, right? And everything the, the, was tele- telegraphed. If you listen to everything that yes. Terry says, you know, um, you know, the, the, all the teachings to the Cobras. You know, everybody has a weakness. Um, you know, and 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 uh, you know, he knew that it was Johnny that that was Chris's weakness. Everything he did was, you know, he was a step ahead of Chris. Mm-hmm. He you was know, so. Crazy. He was, but do you remember what I said after the end of the first episode when we watched it the first time? Mm-mm. I was like, everything in this episode is making me think that I was right and Crease manipulated Terry into doing what he did in the Karate Kid 3. Yeah. That it was not necessarily 
Terry's idea, but that Kreese knew that if he went to him and told him the sob story, that Terry would take care of it for him. That he would, he would, he would, you know, just do whatever he could to, to defend or protect or, you know, avenge Kreese. And when they attacked Johnny at the old, and oh my God, how happy was I to see the old dojo location again. Um, So when they attack Johnny there, when he attacks Johnny there, he's actually just, just like Kreese was doing what he thought was best for Johnny by stealing Cobra Kai back from him. Terry was doing what he thought was best for his Johnny, which was purging him of his weakness. Mm -hmm. It just blew up in his face. And then when he's drunk and he's beating on, on Stingray and he's just like, I did it for you. I did everything for you. I did everything you told me to do. And it's still not good enough. And it's just like, Either, I mean, these two men are so codependent, it's not even funny. Mm-hmm. So, but he's so broken and it's almost like he is a rejected lover trying to get back into this relationship and nothing he does is good enough. Right. And I, and I think we all have felt that way at some point. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's brilliant. And Oh my God! Can can we talk about Tig? First of all, how fucking gorgeous. Second of all, how menacing he still can be. Intense, so with, intense. Oh my God! They let that height difference between Tig and Ralph shine. In in him and Billy. Yes. You know, yes, and he him towers over Billy. the tall one. Yeah. Um and. The, the the best part was, you know, you remember when he would step forward into Daniel's face like that from the Karate Kid Part 3. Daniel always stepped back. Now he doesn't. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll step forward. And, you know, uh, the um, when we talked about the, um, the the trailer, one of our breakdowns, I mentioned, well, that, that line where Kreese goes to Johnny's was like, oh, playing second fiddle. I go, where where's Johnny or where's Daniel and, and uh, Terry? You know, they, they must have gone somewhere for Chris to go up to him and, you know, to, to talk to Johnny like that. And and we see in, in the show that Daniel sees him out, basically. He wants to make sure that he's leaving the premise. Right. Right. And his reaction to seeing and hearing Terry for the first time, I thought that was so wonderfully done. And the look of just like joy on Terry's face that he's going to get to fuck with Daniel again. Like Mm -hmm. he just, he's so part of me, very small part of me actually started to fall for Terry's bullshit. I'm like, well, you know, he's changed. He's been to therapy. He's maybe sincerely apologizing. And then it's like, no, think back to the last time he was in that garden. He was sincerely apologizing and it was all bullshit. Mm-hmm. it's going to all be bullshit again. And then, of course, when they get in the car, we find out that it was he was talking out his ass. Right. Um, and he's actually looking forward to it. And one of the things that he says, it just made me so happy. And it was in the convenience store. And it was in the, it was in the trailer, too. Um, I have always kind of maintained that what Daniel is afraid of the most, the reason he so violently hates Cobra Kai is not 
just because of what Terry did to him, but what Terry pulled out of him, the person he became when he was part, when he was in Cobra Kai. That's what he's afraid of. He's afraid. It, it, it's like when I was talking about um, Daniel has to believe that everyone can be saved from Cobra Kai, because if it's not possible to get that out of you, then that darkness is just part of him and he has to acknowledge it and he doesn't want to. But Terry getting in his face saying, you just don't want to admit that there's always been a little Cobra Kai in you. That is straight into that fear. Yeah. He's drilling straight into it. And that's the first time that they've ever acknowledged that fear. The rest of it was me like extrapolating from that context and fan theorizing and all of this stuff. It's like, this is what Daniel's afraid of. And Terry knows. And he just put his foot right on it and just dug and Daniel's reaction didn't really do much to dissuade us of that notion. He didn't deny it. He really didn't. He just called Terry, you know, like a fucking psycho. Right. But he did not deny that he was right. Because he is. Right. And I love it. It's so it's so brilliant. Ralph in that scene, Tig in that scene. There I mean, we don't even see like body language, right? Because they're behind a shelf. But just the expressions on their faces is just like, ugh. So good. Yes, so good. So good. And I wanted to believe Terry was a good guy, but then, of course, he wasn't. But then I still hate Crease, but I'm also pissed off at Raymond for lying because, yeah, I wanted Crease arrested for all the bullshit he did. But he got arrested for the bullshit that Terry did. Right. He got set up. Right. And, you know, on that note with Crease, you know, you were – Kind of mentioning earlier about like hating somebody, then liking them, or you know, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but Chris, I felt bad when you see how he's reacting to Silver kicking Johnny's ass. Yes, and and that's that that fucked up parental love thing he's got going on with Johnny. But at the same time, it's kind of the nobody can fuck with Johnny but me, because how many times has he, I mean, the six months earlier, he was literally trying to murder Johnny in the middle of his dojo. Mm -hmm. But now he's upset because Terry kicked him in the head. Yeah. Where, like, where did that development, and I, I think it just comes from, Crease is so intense, but we know he loves Johnny. But it's really, really hard to reconcile that love with the way he treated Johnny in season three. Well, now he has seen Johnny go to the enemy and they're getting along. And like the he would rather see Johnny dead than with Daniel. But at the same time, he's not going to let Terry hurt him. It's all very convoluted, but wonderfully written. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every episode. Um, and, and while we're on the, the subject of Johnny and, and Daniel and, you know, deep revelations, we do finally, we didn't see it because, you know, we don't want to rehash the entire third movie on screen. But we do know that finally Daniel has told Johnny what happened to him in 1985. He even, has told he, him. Even though he didn't listen to all of it. I am supremely disappointed in Johnny's reaction. Yeah. Oh, wait, so you're telling me the year after we fought, you went straight to the finals? Right. Th- that's what that's what you're taking from this? You're not taking from this the fact that they tortured and brainwashed him? 
Mm-hmm. That's the part. That's the part you're supposed to um, pay attention to here, Johnny. Not that you went straight to the finals. I mean, he just poured his heart out to him about Terry and Mike. And I've always, always, always like I was so looking forward to that conversation because I'm like, Johnny is going to hate Terry and Daniel or hate hate Terry and Mike because of what they did to Daniel. Just on the general principle, because like Johnny did what he did for morals for principle it was a a screwed up morals and a fucked up principle but he had a reason for it mike did it for money and i always thought that johnny was going to just like hate mike from the word go and the same with terry because of what they did in cobra kai's name he didn't react to what they did to daniel at all and i didn't like that i really didn't i thought that all the character development we've gotten from Johnny in relation to Johnny and Daniel is that's my nerd. Don't fuck with him. Yeah. And we didn't get that. Yeah, and if if we did, then he doesn't go see Terry later on when, when Terry calls him or sets him up. That's true. He would know not to go yeah. because he would have paid attention. Exactly. But at the same time, I thought, I mean, yeah, they're, they're trying to do a heel face turn with crease. And it was just so abrupt. It was it was wonderfully acted by Marty. I mean, he, his eyes say so much in that scene. But it was just really out of kind of nowhere. Why? I understand. They, they set it up as he's trying to purge Crease of his weakness. OK, I get it. And then he's trying to purge himself of his own weakness, which is crease. And I get it. But if the like joy of Terry Silver's life comes with comes from fucking with Daniel, why didn't he? He did nothing like all the all that we got between Terry and Daniel was the scene in the backyard, the scene at the convenience store. That was the only time they interacted with each other. And I just thought that for Daniel's growth and development and for Terry's growth and development, we needed to see more of that. We needed to see more of the fucked up power dynamics between these two and see Daniel take that power back. We got to see that. And we might see that next year, but it's going to be chosen who's part of that development, not Johnny. Because I'm guessing the first one, two, two episodes Johnny's not even in the same country as Daniel. Right. So, and oh my God, how much danger. Who the hell let a 17-year-old boy get on a bus to a foreign country and not stop him? Yeah. 17-year-old kids can just go to Mexico now? Again, back to what, you know, Hurwitz uh, advised, right? You know, don't go digging too deep. Right, or the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. If sixteen-year-olds can um, sign um, leases. business leases, yeah. and seventeen-year-olds can sign binding contracts, then sure, why can't a seventeen-year-old get on a bus to Mexico City? Exactly. Why did Carmen tell Miguel his father's name if his father didn't know he exists? Doesn't I, I that don't seem know. a little weird? Why didn't she tell him his father doesn't know he exists? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did she think was going to happen? Did she think he was going to be pissed off at her for not 
telling his father that he, you know, that she was pregnant when he left? Or when she left, rather? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm scared for Miguel. Next, I, I, I know it'll all work we're out. We're supposed to be, yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to be terrified for Miguel at this point, and I am. Oh, terrified for everybody, everybody involved. But we- also, here's Johnny having to choose between his sons again, and he just got Robbie back, and now he's going to, what, hand him back off to Daniel so he can go to Mexico and save Miguel? We'll wait for season five for that. Yeah. Okay, okay, so how great was the the talk between Carmen and Johnny and Miguel? Well, uh, one detail uh, that I mentioned in the breakdown was, oh, Miguel's driving. Well, out of context, you know, yes, he ended up driving, but n- n- you know, the the keys in that scene was because he needed to go get his water bottle, I think, out of the car. Yeah, the water bottle out of the yeah. van. But but Daniel teaches him how to drive. Daniel does teach him how to drive, and I thought that was amazing. But at the same time, why is a seventeen-year-old kid not driving yet? When you know Sam was driving when she was fourteen. Carmen's always working. Also, the magically reappearing, disappearing BMW is completely gone, and it's a Mercedes now. Right. Don't don't go digging too much. Right. Right. I wonder who um, who owned the the. I mean, how hard is it to find a white BMW in Atlanta? But yeah, she has a Mercedes now. So yeah, well, it, it didn't fit the narrative, <laughs> right? It also doesn't okay. fit the family. You know, she's always got the because um, uh, Daniel and Amanda both have Audis, and uh, yeah. Sam is just like whatever German vehicle of the day she feels like driving. I mean, she has plenty. You know, on the lot to pick from. Yes. So, um, let me see, Carmen, any other thoughts about Carmen? Um, we kind of mentioned most of her scenes, really. Right. I, I, I love her. I, I felt awful for Johnny because I kind of felt like maybe that family dinner was going to be their big reveal or was meant to be their big reveal to Rosa and Miguel about them being together. And, you know, then Miguel starts going off about Allie and, oh, the big date and getting back the girl of his dreams. I I feel like it was more for Miguel because, like, Rosa should know. I mean, she's she's been there most of the times where Johnny's there to pick her up. Oh, that's true. That's true. Too hot for teacher, you know. So so she, she, she knows. Yeah. So, I mean, she may not have known that. You know, they had, um, you know, they, they, they did their deeds. They did. The- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I, okay. Don't use that particular word anymore, but we've gone from, you know, the scientifical term all the way to they did it. Yeah. yeah now you're 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's see here. Anoush got, got a small, a small part with Anoush at, at the dealership. Right. Well, Dana Dute is a little busy right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could have used a little rough housing from Tori. Oh, that would have been cute. She she did warn him, though, you know, so. And he, so he mentioned kind of like Dimitri's line about, like, you know, always walking into a rumble. You know, Dan's like, did I step into another karate thing or, you know, something like that? Right. Should I start wearing body armor? <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, it w- probably wouldn't be a bad idea if you're going to, you know, work for him, Anoush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the LaRusso, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I did um, – oh, there was something about Louis that I was just thinking again. Um, oh, I kind of would have liked to see a little more animosity from Johnny to him. But 
at the same time, I think maybe Johnny's mellowing out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's standing there having a perfectly civil conversation with the man who, you know, I have a bat. And then, of course, he brought it up one more time. He came after me and I had a bat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we get it, Louie. You had a bat. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, we did not get any great exchanges between uh, uh, Nate and Bert, but that's because they're friends now. Right. Right. So, but they're so cute. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do we want to talk about the new cast? Um, yeah, um, very, very, very quickly. I think we should, um, everybody was thinking that they were keeping Devin really, really close to their vest in the promotion. And it wasn't necessarily that it was that we don't meet her until the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the last third. Yeah. She's, she's barely there. Um, I do love her character. Um, I kind of see her as the new Aisha. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just just a sassy. Right. And that Fierce. you know, she is maybe what Aisha was intended to be, but then because of the fight in the school, Aisha had to not be there, so they had to put someone in that role. And I thought she was fantastic. She was and, great. Um and uh 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 Dallas Dupree Young. Yep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So uh, good. Amazing. Well there there there's the uh you know, we, we haven't mentioned yet, Sean's younger brother. Yes. Yes, he is all those all those, you know, people that saw the the um video and you and I even, you know, kind of off mic, we 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 looked into it and we were trying to decide was that really okay in the door and we were like comparing heights and things like that. Just because you saw a black kid standing in a doorway doesn't automatically make it Sean. Right. Or related to him. Right. Because not all black people are related either. Go figure. But in this instance, I did think it worked really, really well. Um, And as as touching and as heartbreaking as his relationship with their father is, there is a small bit of humor in there because isn't their father a major major pain? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we we didn't meet their mom, which I I would very much like to see, but. You know, he is the Kenny is the the latchkey kid of the 2000s. And I loved him playing, you know, the the was it Dungeon Lord, the same game that, that Dimitri and, and Eli played um, or talked about playing in season one. And, uh, and apparently Anthony plays it, too. Anthony plays it, too. And the sad thing is he and Kenny should have been friends. Yeah, they're, right? they're different because, but same. Yeah, they catfished Kenny, but they catfished him as it was Anthony pretending to be Leah, but it was Anthony getting a chance to be Anthony. And in that instance, you 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 see right there that those two should have been friends. Right. They have way more in common than Johnny and Daniel ever did, and we're all like, they should be friends, they should be friends. These two should be friends. But they now have to get over, and they didn't have the relationship that Aisha and Sam had to fall back on. No. They have no history to where Aisha could forgive Sam for what she allowed Yasmin to do. Kenny doesn't have that with Anthony. 
So is he ever going to forgive Anthony for what he did? We'll find out. We will. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, well, uh, on, on Devin real quick. I, I really liked how, you know, we're making the comparisons with Aisha in, in season one. Aisha has everyone lined up, punches them in the face. You mm-hmm. know, flinchers, right? Now we got to kick them in the balls. <laughs> right. Yeah, And yeah. Devin's facial reactions, or uh, Una's rather, she nails it. Like, Yeah, she, she does. Yeah, I, I, I feel like she might have actually been kicking them. <laughs> So great direction. Right, right. And and I love that she is a feminist and she's using feminist language to Johnny. And he's like, well, are you going to this, this, this? And he, she's like, no, I love it. Yeah. Um. So is she, you know, I mean, the, the first time we see her, she like just verbally eviscerates the kid that she's debating Mm-hmm. And she, then may as well walk over and kick him in the balls. There's your little Easter egg right there, you know, John yeah. and Aiden. We you know we're in the debate team too. Yes, yes, and I just I love her, and I cannot wait to see more of her. I was worried that adding two more major cast members this late into the show would detract from the other storylines, but it doesn't. I didn't feel like we were robbed of any interactions between the other characters. No, at not all. at all. You know, everybody and, was balanced very well. Right. And 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 not only did we not lose, we gained um, you know, characters that we've had all along and we gained development for them. Yasmin, Dimitri, um Dimitri Alexopoulos. Mm-hmm. He has a name <laughs> and he's Greek and I love it. Um and and um Anthony and we right. get expanded storylines for these kids. And I just, everything about it is amazing. Can we briefly, real briefly, because there's so much to talk about. Uh, I know, in, and we're running just, out of well, time and we're, not, oh my well, God. Well, not just a season, but but just briefly on the prom, right? Everyone looks fantastic, but Dimitri in a Pac-Man suit? <gasps> that is the best tuxedo ever. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So if anyone follows me on Twitter, one random night, I retweeted this uh, this Twitter account that was talking about Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Super random. So if you guys remember that, there was there, there was me just dropping uh, you know, a little little nugget there. Right. Um and and I love okay, first of all, Yasmin, for all of her standoffish rich girl nonsense, is completely head over heels in love with Dimitri. Oh yeah, that little butt grab she does, you know. She flew all the way back from Australia. You know, save me a seat, especially this one, you know, gives them a little yeah. yank. Yeah. And you know that they went upstairs at Raymond's because we watched they her drag somewhere. him upstairs by his tie. They went somewhere. Absolutely. They went somewhere. And I love that her dress matched his Pac-Man tuxedo. And she has zero issue with going out on that dance floor with a guy with, you know, arms well, that hang just halfway guy, down his calves. Specifically, Dimitri. Yeah. Yes. In a Pac-Man tuxedo. <laughs> Still pretty awesome. Love it. Amazing. I love them. They are like the best surprise ship to come out of this show. Yeah. And I really hope they make it. I I, I think so. I, I really do. They're just um, so opposite, you know? We spoke with uh, Hannah Keppel um, after season three's uh, release. And I, I don't know if it was that interview. I might be mixing it up, but... You know, the question came up if Moon would ever uh, join a dojo. And she almost did. She almost joined Ecofang. Mm-hmm. Except for she would have to punch people. And she's not down with that. 
Right. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm a pacifist. I can't punch people. Yeah. But talk about completely head over heels in love with someone. I have always kind of thought, and I've said several times, that I didn't think Moon was in love with Hawk. I thought Moon was in love with Eli. She only loved his uh, his mohawk. You know, right. she was digging that purple. Right. She was like, "It's I, I, I like your hair and I like your biceps, you know, but basically saying I like your body, but I'm not dating a bully. Right. Well, it's like I still find you physically attractive, but I don't like the person you've become, which means that she liked the person he had been. Yeah. And completely 100 percent true. She is in love with Eli. Mm-hmm. Or at least she loves him. Now, whether or not they can make a second go of it and actually hold it together or not, we'll see. But at the moment, I've, I am totally down and totally here for her assuming her role in his life as his muse, mm-hmm. for lack of a better, a better term. Because it was the kiss that she laid on him before the the final. <laughs> oh yeah, like Gives reminded him, him who he was. Confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's segue into Hawk Eli. You oh know, my at, god! At the beginning of the season, he's not quite fitting in. Obviously, Miyagi Do, they don't like him for all the things he's done, especially right. taking Nate's ass, um, stealing you know, Mr. Miyagi's medal, metal. destroying the dojo. I mean, it was an accident. I mean, R- uh, Ralph. Uh, Daniel was right, you know, you shouldn't be sparring inside the dojo. Right. But, right. Well, no, you know, I mean, two classes he, they, too, though. they knew that he was the one that vandalized the dojo way back in season two. Yeah. So that's one thing I, I, I didn't get, which is fine. I, I, you know, would have wished a, you know, a, um, a, a, you know, a nice scene between them two, just kind of talking, you know, about that stuff and Daniel forgiving him, you know, and obviously uh, Eli apologizing for it. Right, which I, I I would I would like to have seen because we did see him apologize to the kids for the things that he did to them. Right, but he, I think he was trying to apologize to Daniel, and I think that's where that was going. Right, it's like it would have gotten he, there. Right, he caught Daniel mid bitching at Johnny. Yeah, so he got pissy Daniel mm-hmm. in response, but immediately as soon as he walks away, Daniel's like. Oh shit! And he he like calls after, but he doesn't know his name. Right. Yeah. So he's hey, like, hey, "Hey, hey, you, hey." And you know, and and not, not only that, like I I feel like for you know the the, the people who who thought that um, Hawk or Eli would would end up with Miyagi Do, I always thought that it was going to be because you know of um, you know his loyalty to the Binary Brothers or maybe something Johnny did, but it was yeah it, it was still the Binary Binary Brothers, but. It was uh, specifically Dimitri is the one that, you know, has him choose that side. Well, yeah, to I mean, to a certain extent, but also uh, Miyagi-Do would have always appealed to the Eli, Eli side of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Always, because it is about defense. And that's what he got into it for. He did not get into it thinking I'm going to go become a bully and I'm going to, you know, beat the crap out of Brooks. And I'm going to he didn't get into it thinking that he got into it thinking I need to defend myself against this guy. And if he had if through some miracle he had, you know, run into Daniel when Daniel was setting up Miyagi-Do and he hadn't been part of Cobra Kai yet, I think he would have joined Miyagi-Do from the get go. Mm hmm. 
because of the focus on defense. But Jacob's performance just that 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 boy can take you from oh my god you're such a dick to oh my god I love you so much let me mother you in like 10 seconds just by changing the expression on his face mm-hmm. and like he's so upset and he's so broken you know it, 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 he's getting beat on by his friends he's getting beat on by his enemies and he just he just wants to fit somewhere and he's so broken over that and then the next time we see him he is walking into that dojo with a fucking sledgehammer and he has a goal mm-hmm. and didn't i mention Something about, you know, well, maybe or one of us did anyway, that maybe Mr. Miyagi had this like secret storage area or something. And I had scoffed at the idea. I thought it was ridiculous. I'm not sure. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi has this secret storage area that prevents them from having to build an entire fence, even though you and I both know that they had to build that entire fence back there Mm -hmm. because there was nothing behind that fence. I mean, there was something, but not what we saw in season four. It was a parking lot. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's what was behind that fence. Um, but yeah, the, the the whole thing with with the um, oh, and I love that Dimitri checked Eli's math. Right. Yeah. By like, their brothers, you know, and, right? and, and, and and like after showing him the video and you know just the, the play on the idea of the binary brothers and saying like you know um, I'm forgetting so the dialogue, cute. but the, the yeah the zero and the hero and all that like I I, I loved it. They're so cute. And I mean, you, 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 you now are in a, I'm trying very hard not to, to stutter tonight. I'm failing miserably at the moment, obviously tonight, this morning, um, when they start talking about their childhoods together, I think of their IMDB photos back when they were, you know, tiny little guys. And I think of Eli looking like Kirby buckets, but hanging out with Dimitri and just, just the, the whole mental visual is so freaking adorable. And I just love these two so much. And I'm so glad that the, the, the binary brothers are back together and that when Robbie takes his shirt, when Robbie took his gi off because it was falling off. And I thought that was funny. Uh, kind of like a, a um, an extreme version of Johnny's headband flying off. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll finish up with the um, Eli slash Dimitri because I'm not sure if there was too much more about Dimitri. No, not really. I mean, most of Dimitri's development was his relationship with Yasmin and his rebuilding his friendship with Eli. And I I love that you know he feels comfortable enough. I mean, first of all, uh, pegged it 100. percent The reason I did not want to see Cobra Kai shave off Eli's or Mo the Hawks Hawk mohawk was because i thought that that would completely destroy him and it did Mm -hmm. it just it just emasculated him and he thought that his hair was who he was and i love that it was you know dimitri that that made the gesture to get him back in you know the other kids are are you know kind of wrapped up in their own stories and what's going on and yeah maybe would have liked to have seen a a scene between eli and miguel but it had to be dimitri i think Mm -hmm. and i I do like how like you know it, it wasn't just a random idea 
you know, Kenny got, you know, Hawk stopped him from uh, striking first, I guess, on Nate and Owen. Right. And we were right about that. I was right about that because I was like, what if he's not bullying Kenny? What if he's actually defending, you know, um, Nate Nate from him? Right. Because we didn't see um, uh, Bert. I I called him Owen. But yeah, we didn't see Bert in, in the footage. Right. It was just a. Um, I don't. I don't remember. It was like a, like a few frames, or or just yeah. A, it was just a, a few picture. frames of of Hawk slamming him up against the the stall in the bathroom. Right. So we, yeah, we were all confused about like who's in what school or whatever. But Kenny, Anthony, and Leah are all in middle school, eighth grade, and they mm-hmm. were visiting the high school. Yep, because they're going to be freshmen next year. Right, and, and, and Devin I thought that was is uh, you know it, is high school. And and Nate and Bert, you know, they they didn't have very many scenes in, you know, other than they were, you know, in every scene, obviously at the dojo, but um, they didn't really have any any scenes or or dialogue or anything like that, other than with Kenny, and they were harassing him for the Cobra Kai shirt, so yeah. they kind of maybe had it coming. And Hawk didn't see that part. All he saw was the kid in the Cobra Kai shirt getting ready to swing on Nate. I don't think he notices the Cobra Kai until he stopped uh, Kenny. Right. Yeah, I don't think he did either. And I was wrong. I was like, you know, I don't think they're going to go the the cyberbullying route again because that's Aisha's storyline. And why would they retread it with Kenny? But they they retreaded it with Kenny, but they showed us so much more of it. Twisting the script. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, Anthony was just a, a dick and, you know, peer pressure being what it is but um we i mean god we're what like we're, we've got to be like two and a half hours or possibly three hours into this recording already pretty close um so it and and we could talk for another this six hours about it but we're gonna run out of content for the actual episode reviews <laughs> we're so, doing the reviews now right we're doing them all right now we're just gonna chop this episode up and and release it in bits um we gotta talk about johnny and daniel we haven't talked about really other than in relationship to the other characters. We haven't really talked about them together yet. Uh, you know, what? Let, let's uh, maybe let's say them a little bit longer. Um, okay. Let's let's go back to Eli, and you know, obviously, we're not going in any specific order in terms of the episodes, but right. Eli is your Miyagi Do champion. Yes. Um, and, and and you know like his bout with Miguel, he won by default because Miguel stepped out. Oh my God! Yes, when he <sighs> oh God, ending that there with that twist of his back, and we yeah, hear oh the oh mm-hmm. that sound again, and him just screaming "Sensei!" And it's like, which one is he screaming for? Is he screaming for Johnny? Is he screaming for Daniel? Is he screaming for both of them? That's a good I, question. Ah, oh, just oh. My heart. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 we can't do this again. We can't do this again. And I was so glad to find out it was just a pulled muscle on his spine. But I have pulled that muscle before. The trunk muscle up your spine. Holy crap, that hurts. I mean, that hurts. And it sends pain shooting down your legs and all Mm -hmm. the way up to your skull when you pull that muscle. I believe it. And yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, as soon as they said it was a pulled muscle, I was like, "Ooh, I know that pain." So yeah, related to that one. But um, I guess when while we're on the the subject of uh, Eli winning for Miyagi Do, mm-hmm. 
what do you think about the outcome of the tournament? You know, we haven't really gotten too much to Tori yet. We've, you know, talked talked a little bit about her, but I think there's still a little bit more. Oh, a lot. A lot with more. Her and Amanda. Um, I mean, yeah, with I mean, a lot of people. And uh, Amanda herself. I mean, we didn't talk about her Carrie Underwood story, right? Um, right. You know, taking a bat to the, you know, to the souped up four wheel drive, basically. Uh, pretty well, yeah, yeah. Getting arrested. And obviously, Daniel is not the only one in that marriage that has been keeping secrets about his, his teenage years. Yeah, it, it wasn't a, you know, a first date story, nor a second or whatever. Right. And by that point, you know, by the point they realize that that they're in love and they're going to get married and all that, it doesn't really have much bearing anymore. But I mean, it those are the kind of stories that come out throughout the life of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, uh, hubby and I, there are things that we don't know about each other yet. And we've been together for 30 years. But we also never run out of things to talk about because it's like, oh, yeah, that reminds me of such and such. Um, so, you know, I had always maintained that Daniel had not really completely told her what had happened with Crease and Terry because, you know, she would have been far more pissed if she had realized that. I think she knows now, but, um, I think that that conversation probably happened a lot like the one about her arrest. Right. Yeah. And I love that she is such a mother that she wants to mother the basically motherless child who is herself a mother to her little brother. Mm -hmm. And she didn't mean to get her fired from the sushi place at all. She had no intention of that. And you can see it on her face after that conversation when Tori, you know, is spun on the guy and said, hang on a second, you know, for about his soup. And um, like, dude, you're at a Chinese or you're you're at a, a, a an Asian restaurant. The soup is probably on the buffet. Get up and go get it yourself. Um, Amanda like immediately looks shocked and like horrified that that has happened. But then when Tori turns back around, she immediately puts the mom face back on, right? And the mom face is, I did what I did, and I can't apologize because I'm the mom, mm-hmm. and moms aren't supposed to apologize. Because that makes them look lesser in the kids' eyes or whatever, some bullshit like that. I apologize <laughs> right. to my kids all the time when I screw up. So I'm not I don't I don't relate to that one very much. I mean, I think it's important to kind of own fault, um, you know, when when it's necessary. Right. So your your children see that you're a human being mm-hmm. and you make mistakes and you own up to them and that's how children learn. Um, but I love that Amanda reached out and I love that Amanda kept reaching out even every time Tori would slap her hand away. She would still keep trying to do what was best for her. And, you know, keeping up with Tori's therapist. That I thought was, you know, that was an olive branch that she did not have to extend. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to get Tori a therapist, but she did. And everything is, is working out well. And, you know, Tori knows that at some point very soon she is going to lose her mother. And now she is in a position, especially with Amanda and Daniel. Well, maybe not Daniel, but definitely Amanda in her corner is going to be something that's going to help her keep custody of her brother. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, you know, that's, that's something that's very important to both of them is that Tori keep custody of her brother, mainly just to keep him from ending up with that aunt. Right. And I think, you know, it uh, it was very deliberate on the writer's um, part to 
have her mention or remind her aunt, like, I turn 18 next year. Right. And they, remember when they had said that it, they had it in their minds intentionally that Tori is, um, she was 17 when we met her. She was already 17. So she would have turned 17, you know, over that summer, right after the end of school. Um, so she is not going to be able to f- to compete in the 2020 All Valley because she has aged out. She will turn 18 in just a, a matter of days after the end of the season, uh, season four. Mm, okay. Um, let's see. So do we, do we really talk about the chopping off the Mohawk? No, not really. I mean, I I mentioned that it devastated him, but we didn't say who did it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh my God. Just, yeah. We were getting there actually. And then, uh, you know, tangent as, as it happens here. Right. But, um, yeah. After the, what happens in the the school bathroom, Kenny goes to tell Robbie and says, Oh, you know, I, I don't know. Some kid with spiky red hair. Well, there you go. You know, it's the most identifiable thing about Hawk. Mm -hmm. And so they can't fight before the tournament. So we get the, you know, the the scene where when you see Hawk getting his tattoo, we, I think, again, like if if you kind of knew that he was going to lose the Mohawk, that was going to be the scene. Right. And the way they hold him down, too. That, yeah, they, they can't fight before the tournament, but they can strangle him. I would say strangle, but you know, it, it's just like, well, Hawk, you know, you move anymore, you will stop choke breathing. yourself. Yeah, choke, stop breathing, whatever, pass out. I, it's what the hell? Like seriously, Robbie, this is how far you, and that is actually the. Yeah, I was mad at him about teaching the Miyagi Do and and all of that, but that was the first scene where actually I was like, oh fuck you, Robbie, because that is not the child that I have spent the last three and a half years rooting for. Not even close. Yeah, but I like the way Tanner played that part too. Uh, yeah, it was wonderfully acted on everybody's part. Yeah, I, I thought that scene played very well. It did. I mean, it, it it plays well to the story and the greater story arc, and it, it gives um, Eli, you know, that fear of Robbie, whereas... Robbie was afraid of Hawk because Hawk is the one that dislocated his shoulder. So maybe he had a little bit of payback there that he was looking for. But by the time that he realizes that Eli realizes that he's going to have to fight Robbie in the male finals, um, there is a, a very, very strong fear there. As there should be to someone who did that to you. Mm hmm. And I was actually, you know, I felt, you know, Robbie is now the runner-up two years in a row. But at the moment, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, you sit there and logically you're keeping track and you're counting points. And you know that Eli has to win because if Eli doesn't win, then it makes, or it, yeah, if Robbie wins, it makes the match between Tori and Sam moot. Mm-hmm. Because if Robbie wins, Cobra Kai is the grand champion no matter what the outcome of the girls' final is. Right. And it has to come down to that final match. So we kind of um, – I brought up like, you know, the the, the, the prom sequence. I mean, that, that that is one of my favorite episodes. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into it too much. But I just love the fact that, that, that Tori and Robbie just want to have fun. 
Because, you know, yeah. We, yeah, we, we learned from season three when they bump into each other at the corrections uh, office, at the admin office. You know, she's like, you know, this this is, you know, bullshit that they're living their normal life and, you know, this is us right now or whatever. Right. You know, so she goes, you know, she she goes, oh, how, how am I trying to word this here? She goes out of her way to go see Amanda because the LaRussos have to sign off for her to return school to right. school. And I mean, that's a huge deal for her to do that. And she wants to do right and do better for herself. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, this is all coming out uh, after her encounter with her aunt. And I, I just love, I, again, like, you know, she invites Robbie to the prom. They go there. They don't say anything to Sam and Miguel. They just want to have a good time. Right. They just want to dance. I love the dirty dancing. It was like, okay, well, you can absolutely tell that, you know, he spent however many hours watching Dirty Dancing with with Shannon because, you know, he's doing the final dance with everything except the lift. It it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a a great Easter egg again for, you know, another 80s movie. Um, And we didn't get a Carrie moment, which made me very happy. We don't know who the prom king and queen are, nor do we care. Um, I'm going to assume it's none of our main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, I would have thought that it would have been maybe Yasmin and Dimitri or Sam and Miguel as king and queen. But they didn't necessarily bog the episode down with it. So now you can say that any of those of those couples and any combination of these kids could be prom king and queen, mm-hmm. but we don't know. And then when they get to Raymond's house and the fight starts out by the pool, I'm like, oh God, not again. Not again. It was a good and fight sequence though. They subverted their trope right there by having, you know, a Tori fall into the pool and then grab Robbie and drag him in with her. And at that point, they start having fun and the fight just completely diffuses. Mm-hmm. And then Miguel and kids. Sam get into it. Yeah. It so. was almost a kind of kind of like a re, uh, pardon my voice is starting to go out here. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while, but uh, it was c- kind of a repeat to um, you know the, the the fight in the hall, obviously. Right, right, and I didn't want to retread that, mm-hmm. and I was very, very glad that they did not. Um, okay, so uh, Johnny and Daniel, and we'll finish up. Oh uh, yes. Okay, so where do you want to start? Otherwise, we're not going to have any content right, right. for the the, the reviews. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, where do you want to start? Oh, um, sensei fight? <laughs> well, let's, let's work up to the sensei fight. Let's okay. work up to their first, the, 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 they've got their first breakup. The first attempt at senseiing together went horrendously as mm-hmm. things do when you do not talk to your business partner in advance. Right. They just, it, 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 it's, you know, it's like they didn't have time to talk to each other before they set this up. They literally both just showed up and started talking. And yeah, that's never going to end well with anyone, especially not these two. Yeah. Um, and we talked about the food sharing and that was awesome. So we see their friendship developing and, you know, we're finally getting invested, finally getting invested. Um, and how beautiful is Johnny when he is doing Miyagi-Do? How beautiful is he soaking wet standing there on that platform doing the wheel technique by himself? The only thing that would have made it better to my mind is to have Daniel on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. To where they're fighting back to back and they are each other's backup like Sam and and 
and uh, Robbie that we saw uh, training we the to, wheel uh, technique. You know, we, I think we probably have to work up to that, right? Yeah, yeah. I, and I would love very much to see that next season. Um, and uh, one thing that, that I kept saying throughout the tournament, and I didn't understand why this never occurred to them to do, no, Miyagi-Do can't do it by themselves because they, um, oh, who was it that dropped their, their, dropped their weapon during the weapon competition? Um, Mitch, it? Mitch threw the bow. Mitch, okay, Mitch threw the bow. So Eagle Fang didn't get any, um, points really on the, the, the weapons competitions and, and then Hawk um, misses like the, the, the board where he, um, yes, yeah, yes. The, the, the Hawk, the, the, he did the, he was doing the demonstration from Valley Fest and he missed. Um, and if he hadn't done that, then Miyagi-Do would have had enough points and they would have been the grand champion. But because he missed, you know, then this says, why did it never occur to Johnny and Daniel if they're going to sensei together for Sam, which they did. And it was wonderfully done. And the Miyagi Fang and Daniel's like, just this once. Why did they not notify them officially that Miyagi Fang was a dojo and pool their points? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Because they'd won. They'd won. Yeah. I think one of the other things, I, I just thought about this, but... Um, when they were at the drive-in, they were watching Bloodsport. Like I, I, I feel that was obviously a heavy influence on season four, and um, you know, and the Rocky films. Right, and out, oh, oh my God, how many times were Rocky films referenced in this season? Like seven. Yeah, you know Apollo, obviously, uh, part, part three was referenced. You know, we, we got the the Easter egg with the um, uh, uh, burning hearts. Right. Um, yep. But. You know, the fact that this is season four and that song came from Rocky Four. Rocky as well. Four. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, it, it, was it intentional or were they meant to get Eye of the Tiger and couldn't get the rights in time? Either way, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me talk about my favorite everything be all end all season four. Pissed off Daniel is so fucking hot. Just mm-hmm. like. Cobra Kai Daniel, there is just something about the visual of Ralph Macchio punching a goddamn baseball in the air that is just really appealing to me. I'm sure that was CGI because I'm sure the insurance company <laughs> did not let them launch a, a a baseball at Ralph Macchio's face. I'm sure the insurance company went, you want to fuck what now? What? <laughs> yeah. Would you say fuck um, what? Yeah, what, fa, huh, what? Um, that you want to do what to Ralph Macchio's face? So I'm sure it was CGI, but just the entire visual, just the, the because it's, it's, it's there. And he's turning around and Johnny is like, that's it, LaRusso, do it again. Yeah, and he's just, the look on his face is so intense. And he's like, why is this not a blocking exercise? And Johnny's just like, because it's not. Punch it. Okay. Um, so... That and then back at at his dojo, once they have split and you're watching them train together and yeah, Johnny's doing the burning heart and he's doing it, but he's also got kind of the meditative thing going on and here's Daniel and he's training and yeah, he's got the meditative thing going on, but he spins around and he throws a fist at the camera that just like, duh, 
I want to say a really inappropriate thing right now, but I'm not going to say it. But when Daniel is tapping into that Cobra Kai, he is more powerful than I think even he knows. Mm -hmm. And the same with Johnny when he's tapping into the Miyagi-Do. It just gives them both such a power that... We always knew, right? We all said if they if they work together, if they train each other, they will be unstoppable. And they really should have been because what Johnny had from Daniel that, you know, uh, Tori and Kyler and them did not get from Robbie was the philosophical underpinning of Miyagi-Do. Right. And... When, when, you know, Johnny is, is painting the house and he's like, oh, I thought Miyagi was supposed to be badass. And he's like, it was badass enough to save your ass. Right. Twice. That's when, you know, he kind of changes. Yeah. And that's when he starts to actually, you know, really open up to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we knew that that conversation was coming and that's that scene. We didn't know the context of it or anything, but we knew that that was on the, um, the the writers board behind Hayden and Josh when they were answering the the fan questions, right? On it was on the note cards, mm-hmm. and Johnny sitting down and having a a meal with Daniel and Amanda, and then coming back and them all having this big family function together. There's a family photo with Johnny at one end and Daniel at the other, and. I love it because that's going to be, it, it, to my mind, you know, Smiggy is going to happen, their end game. Um, so that is like Sam and Miguel's wedding photos with Johnny and Daniel at either end of the family. And they're just going to become this great, big, huge family that bickers and occasionally beats the shit out of each other for no particular <laughs> reason. But they still, you know love each other and are a family. And I, I love it because they are like their chosen family, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're, they're picking and choosing who they want to be their family. And I love that. Right. I could kind of go on for, I, I apparently remember more than I thought I did when I sat I, down. I'm like, yeah, I, I've only watched it once. Um, but I apparently remember more than I thought I did. And there's so much we wanted to get into that the, uh, the Easter eggs and, and, you know, little bits of, trivia here and there and we're just i mean we could literally talk about this episode or the, this season for a, a, another 12 14 hours but nobody wants to listen to that all at once so uh, well i'm sure we have some some listeners that, that wouldn't mind but um you know I, I, i've been wanting to I, I i didn't know how to compose this like into a tweet or even like a message on instagram but i kind of wanted to um take something from the, the beginning of the credit Kid part two like Obviously, we haven't seen the future seasons, but season four, this is this is the one that people are going to be talking about for years. There's yes. just so many things um, that happened in this very season, and, and some of which may be like the, the, the stepping stone into something grander, you know, in, in uh, future seasons. Right. Something grander in future seasons of this show, something grander in future seasons of a show that we don't even know yet that's going to, you know, spring into existence potentially in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much here. And that GameSpot guy with his uh, Tory Payton and all of that nonsense, he just doesn't even know what he's talking about. Sophomore slump my ass. Mm. 
this is a very action-packed, well-deserved um, senior year here. This is amazing. It sure is. Absolutely. And I love that they finally managed to get the kids to, well, some of them to their senior year. Tori is a senior, I'm assuming. Yeah. Or she'll be a super senior next season because she actually was expelled for most of the of the school year. So I don't know if she's completely caught up. So she might be a super senior next season. And that would we'll actually We'll wait till next sense. season to talk about it, huh? <laughs> right, right, yeah. But and I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, one of these days we'll figure out just how old uh, uh, Samantha Larusso is, and one of these days we'll figure out. We do know now who has custody of Robbie at the moment. Right. We still don't know who the hell had custody of him when he was floor surfing. Yeah. But uh, Shannon is out of rehab mm-hmm. and is back in in an apartment. I'm sure it's not the same apartment. Um, and I'm sure that that uh, Daniel and Amanda, you know, because they became such good friends with her when she was in rehab, I'm sure they're not just going to, you know, leave her out twisting in the wind. I could see her becoming, um, you know, a receptionist or, or something like that at LaRusso Auto at one of the like the Sheila of um, the North Hollywood location or something like that. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, like, obviously, this episode has gone, gone long and you've had a lot to say. I just also... Want to throw out? We're recording this extremely late, and my voice is like going. So I right. know if I just continue to speak, it's it's not going to come out the greatest. But we have so much to talk about um, in yes. all these episodes. It's just it's so meaty. Uh, yeah, I just love the dialogue and everything that we continue to learn about these characters that we thought we knew. You know. Yeah, learn something new. It's they they are real human people with developing and evolving personalities. You know, Daniel is fifty and Johnny is fifty one, and they're still learning and growing as people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I love. You know, I don't like stagnant characters that are the way they are, and you just have to deal with it. We are watching them become who they are, right? And that's what pulls me in every time. All right, so hopefully you guys enjoyed the season four recap. It's a little long. Um, so and so much we didn't get to, but yeah, it, like I said, we literally could go on and on and on ad finitum, you know, and your voice is going. And we were supposed to do this last night, and I couldn't do it last night because um, my voice died after recording 310. Mm. Um, my throat hurt real, real bad, and I could, I, I couldn't talk. I was, I sounded like a freaking frog. Or, or um, me right now. <laughs> right, right. It, you know, so, it, it, yeah, it's like we got a lot to talk about, but neither one of us can really talk. And it's four a.m., and I might tend to babble at four in the morning. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> might be a thing. All right, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media? Anywhere they look. And can you close out for me, please? Um, and let's see for Peter he is a Cobra Kai pod on Twitter Cobra Kai podcast on Instagram uh, we have companion. Cobra Kai companion that's right god damn it um, Cobra Kai companion on Instagram Cobra Kai pod on Twitter um, we have the Facebook group if you search www.cobra you'll find us please come join us we have a lot of uh fun there we're doing rewatches it was supposed to be the 30 days of cobra kai has now become the 40 days of cobra kai because we're going to do a watch through of uh, season four uh, as soon as season three ends which season three ends tomorrow 
Um, so perfect timing. It's almost like we planned it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, let's see what else. Um, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, your favorite podcast, catch your app, whatever that may be. And a little less facetious, I am Brianna25. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Archive of Our Own, fanfiction.net. Yes, I'm on DeviantArt. Yes, I'm on LiveJournal. Look me up. I'm everywhere. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and hopefully you guys subscribe. And um, yeah, again, tune into our future episode reviews. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Uh, Bye. Haven't you done enough, princess?